Truck Show Podcast, episode number 224. I'm Lightning. He is Holman. Welcome to it. So, just a few minutes ago, I'm uh, racing to the studio here at Motor Trend in El Segundo, California, getting off the 405 freeway, making my way over to Douglas, where we sit now. And I'm waiting at the light, and I watch an Astro van get onto two wheels, making the left-hand turn. And I thought that I was going to see a an Astro van go on its side. And it pulled it off, like all the way on two wheels, on the right two wheels. That it, it was screeching. It was close enough to me that I could see the tires curl in. Uh, I mean, I'm feeling that you're very affected by this. Do you need? It was to just th- wild. I've talked to somebody. I don't know. I've never seen an Astro van get that crazy. You're <laughs> <laughs> lighting. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dr Pepper. Don't you wish you had one? So you're bringing that up because you know I haven't had a soda in, uh, well, I had one. You stole one from me. I, I stole it, so I had one. Can I, I just had... point out, you came into the studio and you go, look at me, I haven't had soda in four weeks. Except for like, one of Goss, you yes. You took one out of my cooler and you're like, I had one soda <laughs> in four weeks. Yeah. You're like, I forgot about that one, but I did have the one. I broke it. It's funny because I, I t- told my 16-year-old Quinn, I said, hey, uh, I'm, I haven't had soda. I'm going to have just one kind of celebratory. We're hanging out. You know, everyone else is drinking beer and you're yeah. doing your whiskey and all that stuff. And here's me drinking a Dr. Pepper out of um, your Dometic fridge that I stole. Mm-hmm. And damn, I mean, this is not a plug for Dometic, but it was the coldest I've ever had a DP. Yeah, I have that thing cranked down on uh, camping trips because yeah. I got to keep my meat cold. You know, I also wanted to thank you for something. You you gave me a gift while we were out at Olaf in Goffs, California. Mm-hmm. You gave the listeners a gift that I just, I don't know how to repay you for. Uh-oh. It was just a wonderful, wonderful I gift. I know exactly what this is, too. Yep, it's this. Hold on, I'm going yeah. back to eating your meat. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going yeah. back to eating your meat. It was very delicious. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, worry, so that, I uh, am that learning happened. audio production, and I've got little drops I've been saving out of podcasts for you. Oh, do you? Do you now? Put together some things for you. Yeah, well, it'll make the show a little more interesting. I just want to thank you again. I think our listeners really appreciate Hold on, I'm going yeah. back to eating your meat. And I think the uh, listeners really appreciate that. Nissan is our uh, presenting sponsor <laughs> of the Truck Show Podcast and has been for four years. Uh-huh. So, Nissan, thank you very much. Uh, if you're in the market for a new truck, you should head over to your local Nissan dealer where you can check out the Nissan Titan and Titan XD with the industry's best warranty, five-year, 100,000-mile, or the Nissan Frontier. Have you seen all the uh, Nissan Frontiers that are uh, all over the Southern California freeways lately? I have been, and I got to be honest, they're making me jealous because you had wet my whistle with the the hint of us having one to drive around for a month. Nah, possibly. It, it might still be coming. Uh, I've been a little bit busy lately with all my travels. But uh, I, but wait a minute. What do, you, what do you have to do with me having one for a month? Because I wanted to sink my buns into the zero-gravity seats and explore the golden sounds of the Fender audio system. Well, because uh, I am the one who has to coordinate it for you. Ah, so So I need you. So I saw the uh, I saw the red alert color, which is like that really vibrant in your face, like fire engine red. Mm-hmm. But there's also that cardinal red tricoat, which I really like. But I saw one the other day. It's the first time I'd seen this color. It's the gun uh, metallic. I haven't seen. Oh that yeah, one. it's super pretty. Let's check out this. Let me see here. It's like a, kind of like a dark ingoty silver. Kind of has a gunmetal hue so to it. So that is similar-ish to your Jeep Stingray. No, they've got a bolder gray pearl, which okay. is a lot like my Stingray. This one is more of a 
got a more of a gunmetal feel to it. Whereas one sort of looks like wet concrete. Yeah. This sort of has like a metallic sheen. And I saw it drive by the other day and I was like, man, that's a nice looking truck. That looks really nice, especially with the black wheels. Yeah, with, yeah. The, uh, with the wheels on it. And uh, they got the wheels with the machined ends with the spokes that are uh, like uh, metallic charcoal. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a nice looking truck. So yeah, Nissan uh, let us have one uh, for Moab, which uh, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, Easter Safari here on this episode. So we took one out there, and uh, my my man Jared at Four Wheeler put I want to say like fifteen hundred miles on it in the course of a week. <laughs> Where so did he go? I, so, well, he drove from Southern California to Moab, then drove around as oh. his photography rig, okay, shooting trucks and stuff all, all weekend long, and then shot back uh, back home. So we should have him on to talk about. What it's like to spend an entire week and thousands of miles in a uh, in a frontier? Yes, yeah, please. All right, I'll get I'll get him. Uh, we'll get him on the horn because I think that would be uh, a cool perspective for, for him to share with us. Meanwhile, if uh, you're looking to spend your own uh, thousands of miles in a frontier, head on down to your local Nissan dealership, or you can build and price at nissanusa.com. Hey, so uh, Holman, you know we've got some uh, competition. Oh, we do, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we going to race for pinks? <laughs> I hope not. Okay. Because the guy who we'd be racing with has uh, deeper pockets and faster cars. Uh, oh, Gail Banks. Gail Banks, yes. Is uh, going to race you on your Globe sneakers in his uh, 454 SS. No. He, oh. he launched a podcast. It's called uh, Speed School. Oh, the Speed uh, School podcast with Gail Banks. Let me guess. The producer's name is Lightning. Nope, it's Schmeitning. <laughs> totally yeah, okay. different guy. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So on the first episode, Gail talks about building the world's fastest production car, a, uh, a Trans Am that broke 200. When the In Ferraris. Yeah, when the Ferraris and Lamborghinis of the day were going like 170. And he's here, he's, he's going 200 miles an hour. So, anyway, you, we know you guys love Gail Banks. So, uh, all the normal places where you get our podcast, you can also get the new uh, Banks podcast. That is the Speed School podcast with our friend Gail Banks. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. The truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Go to school, listen to our show, cause then you will be in the know. Mm. Hey, have you had a chance to ride your uh, big ripper, your van's I've big been, ripper? I've literally been gone. I've been gone for, if we're looking at the last 21 days, I've been gone for like 18 of them. This is going to be a wild guess, and mm-hmm. I can be wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and just, I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling mm-hmm. that at least twice in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. you've opened your phone. Mm-hmm. You've looked through your camera roll. Mm-hmm. You've seen the bicycle mm-hmm. and wished you were home to ride it. Uh, yeah, probably. No, I, I joined a Instagram page about how to do wheelies on uh, river bikes. Long Beach Rippers? Which no, one? No, no. It was this one. It's a... Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Bike Life? No. Huh. No. It's a... Uh, so can I tell you that uh, on the way to... Uh, Olaf, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, on, the, on the highway, we saw a whole... Oh, well, you pointed them out. All the rippers in the back of the truck. Yeah. Do you know where they were going? A ton of them. Do you know where they were going? Uh, by the way, it's uh, 
under dad underscore mode underscore wheelie underscore gang dad mode wheelie gang dad mode and they wheelie basically gang. all have like modern BMX bikes uh-huh. and show you how to wheelie and my whole goal in life right now is to wheelie up and down my street gotcha and by the way my matching Vans shoes uh-huh. came the big ripper Vans yeah that I found already yeah I have them and so my dad came over and he says oh do Vans I go you'll never guess what these are he goes. Do they match your bike? I'm like, yep. (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah, so there was a uh, JT Racing that that I I guess they're still around. They were from the 80s. They held a big event in Vegas the same same weekend that we were in Olaf, and there was a couple thousand 29-inch riders. That's rad. So all different brands were out there, but Ripper Central. Anyway, I think uh, you and I are going to have to go on a- uh, A A Ripper ride? A a Ripper ride. A Ripper ride? Yep, exactly. uh, Hit bars up in between. How do we make sure? That, well, the problem with Ripper Ride is I'm going to want like beer or tacos along the way, and I'm afraid somebody's going to steal my Ripper. No, I have a cable lock, and uh, I, I no, use. No, if you see cable locks, don't do anything. Hold on, cowboy. It's the lock they bust, not the cable. I got a big ass cable, and I got an Abus lock, and they're not getting through. Well, it. you can't scratch up my shiny paint. I'm the one that got it for you. I don't want. I don't right. want a, a scratch on that sucker. And I left the stupid chain guard off because it's dumb. Oh yeah, you don't want that. They have to legally. They have to put that yeah, and, reflectors and reflectors on. I left the reflectors off too. Yeah, you got to take all those things off. Yeah, yeah. but all I put right. the pegs on it. So oh, you put the pegs on. I did. Oh nice. Wait, are those uh, the rear or the front pegs? Rears. Oh, that's cool. Hey, you can stand and stretch. Well, yeah, that's coming handy. Yeah. I don't want to hear though that you've done a wheelie and fallen backwards and broken your tailbone. Mm, there are videos of people doing that. Yes, there which are. Made me remember why I don't do wheels. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. I did jump a curb. That's the most off or up. Just jumped off a curb. Oh, yeah. so you didn't bunny hop up? No. Oh. No, I'm used to my mountain bike where I have clip-ins where I can use my legs to pop the whole thing up. I don't know how to do it on this no, bike anymore. Yeah, well, you got a bunny hop. I got nothing. Yeah. I have to relearn all it's my bike skills. Fat old sluggish I, man. I know. Yeah. But this is gonna be a fat old sluggish man on a bike now. <laughs> All right, well, um, on happier topics, so you went to Easter Jeep Safari, and you hung out with one of the X-Men, from what I hear. The X-Men? Yeah, did, were you with one of the X-Men? What is, what is one of the X-Men? Magneto? No, Magneto is a vehicle. Oh. So uh, Jeep had uh, their concepts out there, and I got a chance to sit with uh, Mark Allen. It's funny, I, I had two people hit me up on Instagram. Hey, Holman, I know you're out of Easter Jeep Safari. Are you going to do an interview with uh, Mark Allen again about the Jeep concepts? <laughs> like, yes, it's coming. This would have been last week's episode, but because we were in Goffs, we just knocked that one out really quick, so you guys are getting it this week. But, yeah. Um, so we're a little, little bit late to the uh, the EJS party. Are you gonna, How much are you going to cover on tape? Can I ask you about this stuff now, e- EJS? Easter? We actually cover a lot, and uh, so we'll, we'll start with Mark Allen, who's the uh, head of design for Jeep. We've had him on the show countless times, and- he and I, you know, you're, you're talking about a day that has 100 journalists where everybody's trying to get an interview with him. And, you know, he and I go way back. And so he's like, come on, let's go walk over here. So we walked away from everybody and was gracious to give me a, a pretty long interview. And we talked about the concepts, but we also snuck in a few little nuggets in there that I think our uh, Truck Show podcast uh, listeners would appreciate. You're talking about exclusives? Why don't you listen? All right, here I am at uh, Easter Jeep Safari. So our first interview will be with uh, our good friend and head of Jeep design, Mark Allen. So you will uh, know him from uh, many, many, many other podcast interviews, and uh, especially ours. And this year he came back to party because there's uh, all sorts of uh, goodness in the vehicles he brought. Although I'm seeing this electrification trend, Mr. <laughs> Allen. Now you say party. Yes. Did you guys actually party? Yes. 
Yeah, I keep saying like uh, in a few years, electrification will be like, yeah, we have roll up windows and disc brakes. Yeah, you know? right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right now it's it's the uh, it's the slow moving tsunami that we've been looking yeah. at for many many years. And now. when it hits, it's going to hit hard. Yeah, it's going to hit hard. Um, but our our interest in and I, I say this all the time is like, hey, you know, I can I can go buy an electric car, drive that around on the street, but it's uh, an off road focused vehicle. Those are fairly rare still and we want to know not only um the electric part is is actually super interesting for us for a lot of reasons but also uh what how i can help the off-road experience and like the drive modes the one pedal driving the hard regen going down you know dragon's tail with having to throttle to go down that in complete control because you have such a high regen on it it basically stops we've talked about on the show because the crawly torque yeah Yeah, i mean i've I've been in magneto i've been in the hummer i've been in the rivian and they're all a little bit different in how they deliver the off-road experience and you know the important thing i think that jeep can bring to the table is that the brand is based in off-roading so i think there's some different things that you guys look at that other manufacturers like to say were the Mm off-roaders but it's really core to who you are and if you mess up it's that's not a good thing and in fact um you know it's been kind of cool i've been able to come out early and drive some stuff and help calibrate some g product uh, that have that are electrified and but we don't talk about that do we i think that's all we talk about i think that we should stop right there with the period no what we can't talk about has initials that i won't even bring up but it's going to be cool embargo web concepts um and was it three of the five that you have are electrified yeah 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 uh i got a uh well, we got a 392, which is awesome. Which is awesome. I got a 3-liter diesel, which is awesome. Can I say it one more time, just from the people listening? It's now. Yeah. This is the golden era. It's now. Oh, it is. If you want yeah, a V8 Jeep, a V8 yeah. truck, if you want any of that diesel, yeah. it's all it's all going away. Like, you have your window is shorter than you think. Like, you, depending on the certain buzz models, might keep some stuff for the next five years, let's say. But for the majority of things, you might have 18 months, and it's it's gone on some stuff. I'm not going to comment on yeah. future product. <laughs> I'm not talking about specifically <laughs> you guys, just in general. Listen, yeah. everybody who's listening, uh-huh. it's it's yeah. it's gone. So now's your chance, and uh, I highly recommend Everybody's if you have listening. the beans. There's like three people listening to your podcast. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's you, me, and that guy, and the guy doing the editing back at the uh, studio. Yeah. What? I'm just the guy back here editing. Yeah. So I want to start with what is actually really cool and the way it's cool is it's subtle is the uh, 20th anniversary concept of the mm-hmm. rubicon and it's hard to believe that rubicon started 20 years ago uh yeah. 2023 will be the uh, the 20th anniversary yeah. there was uh, famously a 10th anniversary edition uh-huh. um and the story behind the original rubicon is actually really cool and i don't know if too many people know what the lunatic fringe is maybe if you want to just walk through that real quick yeah. and then we'll bring us up to speed with what we brought today uh lunatic fringe was actually guys that are doing exactly what i'm doing right now but they were uh the, they were the pioneers and they were um guys that were working on on wrangler they were super uh you know they're hobby off-roaders just like us and trend spotting and uh put together some vehicles to show to upper management uh locking axles front diffs front and back uh, four to one tks deeper gearing etc uh they armored the vehicle up a little bit a larger tire the mtr that was used on the first one uh, and they showed it uh, and showed it and tried to get the attention of upper management and, and they kept getting denied. In fact, they built the vehicles and tested them on their own time. They b- bought parts. It was a group with of engineers. With their own money. 
who yeah. said, "Why aren't we doing this?" Everybody they believed in it so much. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they were the, the lunatic fringe wasn't a name that they came up with. It was a name that was bestowed. Yeah, upon the them. management's like, "You yeah. guys are lunatics. Yeah. Like, this is never going to fly. You're only going to even if we built it, you're only mm-hmm. going to sell three thousand the first year. That's, that's and true. You, nobody will care after that. Yeah. It'll have a precipitous downfall. It'll be all- and that is true. Well, the original Rubicon was slated. They thought would only sell 3,000 models a year and would become every year decrease more and more after that. Wow. And so management was against doing the Rubicon. And look at how many Rubicons and what that means to the Jeep brand That's today. That's incredible. And I, and I have a feeling that they probably thought the same way about the, the Eco Diesel, which has turned out to be a, a huge hit. People love them. The little guys won because the, our marketing geniuses told them exactly that. It's like, we'll sell 3000 this the first year if we approve the project. If. And it'll drop off heavily from there. And they they were very persistent and finally got the money, got it into production, and it's been a regular 30% runner for us. It changed uh, us. It reinvigorated it, it, I was going to say, that might have been really the, the, the introduction of the Rubicon may have been the modern pivot point mm-hmm. of where Jeep is today because of how important Rubicon is to the enthusiast, to the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at you know some of the downhill effects that they never could have seen back in 2003 is the downturn in 2008. Yeah. And, yeah. and you look at Wrangler literally saved an automotive industry because it, they were selling Wrangler parts and, and going off-road. And who knows what would have happened if that buzz model had never... A second floor at SEMA. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Oh I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. incredible. So the uh, the 20th anniversary Rubicon edition is sort of a tease. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about future products, but I, if I'm a betting man, I would say there'd be a 20th anniversary mm-hmm. production vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really interesting stuff on there. 37 inch tires of steel bumper, winch, that really cool blood red interior, um, sky slider uh, one top. But there's really subtle loveliness, if you will, to that vehicle. It's a 392 based. The grill for me is awesome because when when you and I talked about JL a long time ago, I mean, we're talking, what, probably two years before JL came out or, or more. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you and I talked about was your desire to put the kink back in the grill yep. and to add depth to it and, mm-hmm. and fix some of the really flat surfacing on JK that wasn't super sexy and kind of didn't have that personality. It almost looked like Legos in a sense. Like it mm-hmm. didn't, it was looking really modular, but didn't have character. And you guys added that drop shoulder and that character line on JL. But the grill is one of these focuses you made because the lights on the JL are actually upsized to match the size of the vehicle, whereas JK, they're standard, what, 7-inch, and they yeah. look small. Yep. yep. But you added the kink. You Try added scale everything. You added the fluting into the grill and all that, and the I thought... The kink actually keeps the, the hood short. The, the, the cooling module keeps pushing forward. Forward, yeah. The kink pulling it back allows us to go up and vertical and then pull back. Well, it has tones of, you know, YJ in it, and YJ all of a sudden is, be, is like the hottest Jeep on the market right now in the used car market. Everybody wants a square headlight Jeep, and it's good to see those things coming back. It's crazy. I know you're looking at me Every like... Everybody. There's a, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Have you seen the prices of those things? Uh, I, I like me. It's CJ. It's, I don't know. Just CJ hit the mark for me. Yeah. It's it's like. Um, it's the YJ for me my my favorite. I like favorite. the but I like the uh, you still have leaf springs. It's super simple and you have a great dash because TJ looks like a geo tracker. Is, is badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, so seeing those, but that kink reminds me. But you did the surfacing detail before. I think I, I consider the YJ the most important Wrangler ever. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. More really so than TJ. Yep, absolutely. Is um, that because it, it it kind of brought CJ7 modern? Um, it saved the franchise. 
right? Well, that's the, important. The, the, the CJs, um, you know, they were well documented. Yep. They, were, they were a challenge. The, yep. the YJ was a roll of the dice. And yep. Also, um, they they lowered it. They widened it. They axled. They yep. stabilized your bar. They um, if that not hadn't worked, we would be sitting here talking about Done. this. It's funny because Jeep is the company. Every company that's bought you guys for you know Stellantis now and FCA with uh, with Fiat earlier and before that. You know, Cerberus with the capital management and you go back in time Mercedes Daimler uh, Jeep is the brand that saved each of those brands it was the the shining example and I guess you're right it all started with YJ well the YJ the square headlights were a a desire to to separate it from CJ and the name Wrangler to separate it from CJ Uh, but again I I really stress if that it wasn't our best Jeep ever sure right honestly sure but uh, if it hadn't worked we well, it's like XJ in a sense, right? It's not the best Jeep ever, but I think people are so have such fond memories of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the perfect size packaging until you get in one at our age and you go, whoa, mm-hmm. this is really small. There's no backseat room. Doesn't the seat slider go back another six inches? Mm-hmm. You know, all, all of that stuff. But And then, you know, TJ, which I consider peak Jeep, sorry. Yeah, TJ, uh, except for the Dash. T- I TJ, the Dash. The, um, it looks like a Saturn Dash. Yeah, it's, it's like a Geo TJ, uh, they used the front axle and suspension right, right from the XJ mm-hmm. and then just kind of duplicated on the, that on the back um it was no that the, the uh, articulation of that was kind of a side benefit yeah but jim rep was telling me it's like no it wasn't really you didn't even think about it. it no it was just packaging and stuff i had but, a friend uh, with a yj and he was complaining because tj was rumored to have coil springs it's gonna ruin everything yeah, yeah. No, could I you imagine we didn't have too. coil springs yeah. i mean it's, it's pretty it's pretty wild that. I, I was on a uh, development trip uh, on Rubicon, it was the first time I went on Rubicon, and we had TJs, and we disguised them. They just the only disguise on them is they had like a like a bra on the front end mm-hmm. with square openings for the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at these square Jeeps! Are oh fantastic. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's totally funny. Anyway, so the grill surfacing, I, I, yep. I love on that. Uh, yep. You've it's it's it reminds me of the, of the later WK2 Grand Cherokees. And uh, if you guys are familiar with the seven-slot grill, the later uh, Grand Cherokees, especially on the SRTs, they're sort of like three-dimensional. The way they pop out from the grill, there's some surfacing and some some fluting around it, and then there's some cut lines, and it's almost like an inlay inside the grill frame. But not only that, you guys also shorten the height. So you you actually smushed it. You made it shorter. It makes the vehicle look wider. There's uh, It's just a, a, I'm amazed at JL. To me, it's like peak modern Jeep design. It's so right in so many ways I'm like oh that's even that's even better and influenced by my fascination with CJs and we don't use the the term smushed come on <laughs> is, is there anything else on the 20th anniversary that I should um, look at as I walk around it no but um, I think you, you pretty much covered it I mean uh, beadlock wheels which I'm we're, we've trying been trying to get to we've got that on a 392 I, honestly when we did the 10th anniversary we that's when we did the steel bumpers yeah. and, and uh, the, the better tires etc a lot of good things we did on 10th anniversary and we got to the 20th like man we 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 got so much uh on that yeah that people were asking for it's just kind of baked into the rubicon now it was a it was more of a challenge honestly yeah. um the the vehicle to be clear the vehicle we have here isn't uh it, it's still a bit of a uh, a stretch of what it will be but uh yeah we're working hard behind the scenes to make all that happen well you notice there's a lot more 37s on jeep manufactured plated vehicles mm-hmm. and uh i uh, i know that uh the extreme recon at, with 35s is cool but i also know that uh, 37s are even cooler and uh read between the lines people jeep is a cool brand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's move on to uh to lorena yeah 
Um, or no. or no, no, just Bob. Just Bob. Just sorry, Bob. sorry, that was a miss miss uh, speaking there. Uh, so it's a gladiator, and it's kind of kind of crazy because when you look at it, it looks like you chopped the cab and made it like an extended cab instead of crew, and that's not what you did. Yeah, we we, we, we blurred the lines between uh, gladiator and wrangler, uh, and that's honestly, it's just us kind of paying attention to trends. Gladiator uh, offers a lot of great stability, especially if you do a 40. You guys in the middle of a uh, tornado right there? But the rear overhand can be a bit of a challenge for some people. So Uh, last year on Poison Spider Mesa, there's a guy in a Gladiator on 37s. Yeah, it was uh, crazy uh, windy toward the the middle of the day there. So hopefully you're not in your car with a lot of bass. (laughs) If you got a big subwoofer system, this is going to rumble. probably hate this. Yeah. Yeah. And all the buggies were doing it, and the buggies were dragging when they yeah. dropped off, and it had yeah. been really chewed up. So I walked up, and I said, hey, do you want me to spot you? I can do some rock stacking here. And his girlfriend's like, yeah, yeah, could you help him out? He goes, no, dude, this, I don't need your help. Who are you? And I was like, oh, okay, man, just I, I just yeah. didn't want you to yeah. you know, drag your, your rear. And he's like, no, I'm good, I'm good, man. Goes off of it, drops down, completely creases his bedsides. Yeah. Bed hits the back of the cab. Yeah. So now he's got cab damage, bed damage, and... I, I was standing there. She looks at me, and she looks at him, and she goes, you should have listened to him. Oh, okay. And I walked away immediately. I'm like, I want no part of oh, this. Yeah, yeah. I have no horse in this race. Yep, yep. But yeah. as we know, the gladiator's awesome, but departure angle isn't always your friend. So yeah. you said uh, we're going to take 12 inches off the back. Yeah. Actually, the the if I can explain for your uh, listeners, the, uh, the math on gladiator, it's rear axle, uh, rear sway bar, or, or track bar, rather, 35-inch capable spare tire, trailer hitch there's not an extra millimeter there we couldn't package it any tighter you know we 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 gave it a 33 we left room in there for a 35 but that's it yeah um it's kind of a deflated small 37 if you're smart can barely get in there see i didn't even know that so there's there's people go i got 37 in mine but what we did was uh cut 12 inches off piled the spare in inside and then yeah we took the b pillar and the door is just completely off b pillars uh the 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 sheet metal b pillar we added the the hoop back in for the uh, yeah so like there's like a tubular uh, b pillar that's reminiscent of a buggy it's always open there's no doors and it's it uh and then we did the this cool kind of it's a hard top with a bunch of holes cut in it looks awesome and then this bikini style uh, overlay on it and it it does it blurs the lines between and um, powered by the diesel, which I think is just an awesome engine. And it's forties on twenties. Forties on twenties. Uh, uh, we did uh, we did uh, Dana sixties in it. Got those from Jimmy. Yep, Dynatrack, and, and then uh, uh, Mel over at Offroad Evolution. You've got his coilovers yeah. in his setup. If you, yeah, Mel, love the guy. Um, this is like Sandstorm, right? Basically, kind of follow up in a way, kind of uh, a little San- wink. Sandstorm. The suspension on that was, and that was a that was a. Uh, a Wrangler, yeah, um, and Sandstorm. That was like a full-on race suspension, and it's uh, guys sit, tend to think that that's like, like they need that. You, you don't, you don't, uh, unless you're really racing. That that car, uh, you've got to get the the shocks pretty warm for them to yeah. really start to, to work. Uh, this is much more tame. Uh, oh, fun fact, and, and I can probably tell you this story now, and maybe maybe you don't know, but when we did Sandstorm, and that was the first JL that we modified brought out here, uh, that was a JK. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is the JK frame <laughs> well, with a JL body essentially? Yeah, we, we didn't we didn't have a complete car to yeah. start with yet, um, so yeah, that was it. It fooled everybody. The that, trickery was that, uh, was was really yeah. good. That was that was a. Joke. And I drove that thing, and I drove it hard, it hard, you know, yeah. underneath. So, uh, 
yeah, we were kind of getting away with something there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it makes me, I always, you know, okay, so if you look, if you go back in time, uh, let's say you go to, you know, four-wheeler on motortrend.com and you look at our previous Easter Jeep coverage, go back about five years, mm-hmm. maybe six or seven. And start picking out the things that you see that are in production right now. Yeah. And that's been one of the fun things is it's like, oh, I know what you're doing here. Yeah. And there's some other stuff going, yeah, you'll never make it. Some of it actually does. Hey, it's Easter, no. man. We're doing Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Easter eggs, um, you guys sort of started that deal along with the red tow hooks. And now everybody and their mom, part of Enthusiast Vehicles, like, oh, we've got Easter eggs and tow hooks that are red. Yeah. And it's almost sad because it's like they, it's, it's almost like, um, you had this really great tradition with your grandma, and so you went to her house every year, and you did your tradition, and then your really like messy, sloppy, fat uncle came over and just like destroyed it and took took all of it with him, and you're like, no, this is what we did with grandma. Like what? what as a designer, so I mean, listen, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, patch them back too hard, but as an incredibly influential designer, and your team has been enormously influential in the off road. Um, industry yeah. on the OEM side. Thank you. There's a ton yeah. of stuff that has been stolen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, borrowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. but it's not like one. It's like every manufacturer. How how do you top your game on that? And how do you feel? I mean, obviously, flattery is a little bit of it, right? Like, okay, they liked it enough, but on the other side, like you almost lose some of your signature look and vibe because everybody's jumping in the pool with you. If I take the long view of it, although I think it's probably we're we're a uh, it's a fad. It'll yeah. go away. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see cars <laughs> dressed up as I don't know. There's there's this sort of like overall uh, ruggedizing of consumer products, right? Yeah, everything, like things like uh, shoes, gloves, watches, uh, yep. baby carriages. My God, they used to be kind of like white walls and yeah. spoked wheels. Now you can get a Jeep baby baby no, stroller that has knobbies on it. Yeah, yeah, but not even a Jeep brand. I mean, just uh, they're really toughed up yeah and um that's kind of a the current trend and cheap happens to be i guess that but uh yeah um it's okay i think <laughs> i think honestly that the easter egg thing is being uh the magic there is being covert and clever and uh not putting it in your face i yeah. love the 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 when we do them and the, somebody's owned their vehicle yeah. for a while and they find they're it washing actually. it detailing and they yeah. find something they pull out like the mat on the, that covers the bottom of the cup holder and there's yeah. something there yeah. It, yeah. I never like when the, you don't want to put it right in your face yeah, well the journalists were like oh there's 27 ones and they showed us every one that's not fun well I, I get that all the time I get it's like hey uh, I know you guys do easter eggs can, can you show them all to yeah. me I'm like no, no I'm not gonna no. do that uh, they're not for you no <laughs> they're, they're for the owner they're, and they're don't take the neat, fun out of it they're a neat little lightning they're not for you Mark Allen even said so. Since we're Mr. Oh, where's all the Easter eggs? Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg. They're not for you, Lightning. Who are they for then? They're for the owner of the car to experience over time. Nope. They're not for us to divulge. I want them and I need to know about them now. Mark Allen says no. So I'll, I'll tell you, I think, my three favorite Easter eggs that, that you've done. Uh, one on the Renegade, because it was uh, made in Italy, which, uh, which uh, had a spider yeah. that was hitchhiking from the factory in the fuel tank door, and he had a thought bubble above and said, Ciao, baby! There's a story behind that. I got some heat on that I, one. Yeah. I heard somebody <laughs> yeah. said, I don't want that on there, and it had to go bye-bye. Yeah, uh, it stayed. Yeah, I had a, I had a, it was the chief engineer, and he, he said, we got to get rid of that. I'm like, why? He says, it's going to scare people. I go, we 
we have devil cats and, and goats <laughs> and snakes and all kinds yeah. of crap on our cars. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> little spiders. No this is deal. your line? Yeah, right. like, the next one for me is probably Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Love, love Sasquatch. And I'm not even going to tell you what product Sasquatch is on. And there's a one with Nessie yep. in the back. Yep. Th- those are special. Yep. My favorite one is, is the flip-flops on the JL. Now, flip-flops? <laughs> okay, so there's one on the jail. Now, you should tell people the story and, and what it actually means because there is meaning behind it. And then you should tell people what you told me about it and my own Easter egg, if you remember what you said. I don't remember what it said, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> it is actually it's an homage to a very special person. Uh, just so you guys are going, well, what is it? So I won't tell you who the person is. You can find it. It's easy. Very, very connected to Jeep. Yes, very connected to Jeep. And uh, and we can do a Corona beer bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have done it with a lime. You realize yeah. he wears Tevas and not flip-flops, though. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So all, the story is that we were in New Zealand, and uh, we were on the JL Drive, and Mark had... Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but it handed me a flask mm-hmm. with a we thank a you. We had a moment. Mm-hmm. Just had a flask. Had a, a thank you for some of my input on JL uh, from the design team and all that kind of stuff, which I, I cherish. It's in, on my shelf in my office uh, at my house, not the not the work office. And um, the thing they're going to clean out. When you're in a <laughs> well, like right now, they're probably <laughs> doing it. And so uh, Mark had explained to the individual that uh, this was a, a nod. And I jokingly said, well, where's my Easter egg? And Mark said, well, if you take the car apart, there's probably a fat bearded man hidden on it somewhere. <laughs> may or may not be true. <laughs> That's a true story. Someday, it'll be, it'll be 30 years in the future, I'll be, I'll be working on some JL project. Like, I'll be damned. There it is. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, enough about Easter eggs and all that stuff. Let's move on down the line. So we've talked about the 20th anniversary concept. We've talked about Bob. Um, let's talk about the 41. Yeah. Because uh, that's, that's sort of – that one's more playful. Yeah. I think that's – there's yeah. there's some serious design elements in the other ones. There's some, some modern enthusiasts. But I think 41 is just sort of like a nod and a smile. Yep. Like we know where we came from and here's something a little bit fun to, to be playful with that theme. Yeah, and the 41 is – Something the brand was asking me to do something a little more um, uh, production ready. So there's not there wasn't a sawzall involved in, yeah. in 41, and it's a uh, was they, it your they, penance for Bob? <laughs> yeah, 40, 41 was uh, they wanted uh, they wanted something that was heritage inspired. There's a real interest in heritage. You know, I'm the right guy to ask, I guess, for that. But um, we looked at like everything, and we've done you know the 70s, the decals, yep. and stuff like that, super Jeep and, and Renegades and stuff like that. But we kept coming back to uh, our, our roots, our beginning, our, our birth year, which was 41, uh, and we were uh, uh, conscripted in the military. And there's still a fascination with that and a connection which we we love. Um, I I've also. Uh, when I first started, and I started in Jeep in 1994, uh, and I was drawing like military-inspired Jeeps, you know, for fun, and uh, I was told pretty, pretty clearly, like it's just not allowed. We don't do that. And I was, I'm thinking, why? I was never like, given. Why? A, I was never given a reason why. Um, now that I get to make the decision, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, doing, we're it. doing it. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and we brought Willie's back. We brought some some of the, the colors back, uh, and it, it's always been well appreciated. Forty one. Um, 
back to that it's uh, again done in uh, a uh, matte finished olive drab which is the right color and you know it's funny because you say olive drab there's about 40 different olive oh drabs. yeah there's, there's not yeah it's and we use utilize the khaki uh, soft top which i think is just a great yeah. combo um, not really authentic, but I think it, they, they just work together really, really well. Did a um, sort of a khaki. Because my mom would say, it doesn't have to match, it just has to go. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. The wheels are interesting. They're an aluminum wheel we bought from an aftermarket wheel company, and there's a story there, but um, uh, they look like a steel, old school steely, yeah. but uh, with the benefits of an aluminum and, wheel. And apparently you called them. And they were like, this is awesome. Yeah, you totally inspired these wheels with your stuff. Yeah. And you're like, well, can I get a set? And they're like, no, you got to pay for it, yeah, right? no discount. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> so I'm not going to say who, but if you uh, look for uh, steel uh, aluminum wheels that are mass marketed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's, yeah. uh, I'm spending Jim's money. So yeah, what do you care? It's not out of yeah. your pocket. But I think uh, it, it hangs together really cohesively. We we started a thing a few years ago that we, um, you know, it's not something we invented, but mixing up. Uh, numbers and letters and kind of spelling Rubicon 4 by e on the hood uh, in kind of a military looking code uh, I think that's cool uh, I also like there's a couple modern touches like the uh the, the khaki seats that match the top on the inside the inlay or the inset uh, where you sit is uh, digital camo yeah, so it's yeah. it's a little, a little modern I, version of what I, camouflage looks like I'm hard to convince that camo ever yeah. you know uh, but just if we sprinkle a little yeah. bit of it in it I think that's how I'm good with that just a taste yeah not, not, not too much <laughs> alright um, next one up would be the Grand Cherokee uh, WL mm-hmm. 4xE Trailhawk uh, Trailhawk that's yeah. right yeah uh, vehicle we just we just showed with the four by e. I think two weeks ago we were in Texas, and um, the brand again wanted me to to do that. And actually, I always welcome that because I do get a little worn out doing uh, uh, Wrangler after Wrangler, but to do a Grand Cherokee is cool. And it's uh, I was super happy with how Grand Cherokee came out. Uh, the four uh, by e. I'm super happy with it. I just ordered one huh? four by e. Nice for my wife. Oh yeah, uh, red but now. Yeah, you're gonna fix that for me, right? <laughs> By the way, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but uh, we the joke there was my wife wanted a certain color combo, mm-hmm. and it was not available. And they made it available. And they made it available. Yeah. And she's getting the color combo she wanted. That's because you uh, pull weight. And I'm not talking about your chubby fat ass. I mean, you actually pull weight with, with a Jeep. Which is weird, because if I ever had to pull you out of a burning building, I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> nope. But bam, can you get a color added to the Jeep lineup? I, I know some people. Mm. Yeah, so I sent a note, and I went, hey... Uh, here's our order this is what we want to do but it wasn't the color combo she wanted wanted and it was like well what do, what do you mean what did she want she wanted red with the tupelo honey interior and they said yeah we offer that and you said no you don't no, you don't i'm looking at your catalog uh-huh oh and and it was restricted on the ordering guide and so uh he uh, a certain uh, someone inside someone a jeep someone inside a jeep uh, pulled a few levers and uh, suddenly that became available so she gets the color she wants now and so does anyone else that wants it too they're opening it up for other people as well yeah so, so you're it, saying you are the gift that keeps on giving uh, i can point to a few things that might have been my influence uh, across some of the jeep products and i can tell you uh, uh the tupelo hesit- interior the, well the tupelo interior which is that the honey for the it's actually a ferrari color in the new grand cherokee that they had to ask ferrari ceo permission to use it in jeeps uh, with the uh, the velvet red outside, uh-huh. that's uh, the color combo that I introduced into the palette. Wow! If your uh, wife wants a Grand Cherokee four by E or a regular Grand Cherokee in that uh, color combo, you're welcome. Are you looking for a pat on the back? Nope. 
Just saying. I'll walk around the table and give you one. Nope. I know you wouldn't. It wouldn't make you feel good. Nope. Not from you. No. <laughs> for that car at all, and yeah. I wanted to do a larger tire. We did a. We ended up doing a, a thirty-three um, on a twenty. Jim wanted a twenty, no, so no, don't blame me. Of course, me. Um, it, it hangs together. I, I really think the whole car hangs together. But the way we did the the adding the larger tire was with a saw. We opened the wheel openings creatively, and then added a, a, a fender floor back to it. And I think it, it hangs together. It looks cool. I mean, it looks really cool, especially on the highest setting. And it's um, kind of done in this industrial blue. Uh, the four by E comes with these kind of. And then the, the top, uh, which is black usually on a uh, mm-hmm. um, on most trim levels of Grand Cherokee, we did it in sort of a truck bed lining. Did he blow away right here? Did yeah. he actually lift off and take, Dude, take it was, flight? It got crazy out there, and I'm yeah. like, man, this is not good. So we need to get you one of those, uh, a windsock or a muff for your phone, right? Yes, Lightning. <laughs> That's what they're called. They're muffs. Uh-huh, yes. They're mic muffs. Right. Mm-hmm. I uh, wasn't using a microphone. Yeah. I, well, I was, but not a I know it's, handheld. You were using it's just my old phone. There. I know that. And it's great when it's not windy. Yep. And it was windy. It's it's a good-looking car. It's the first one that I think I've seen modified. looks good with a bigger wheel and tire package, or at least the, the visual trickery that you've used to uh, the proportionally. I'm super interested in it somehow, so um, that's good. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, sometimes you it's not about exciting uh, uh, future customers. It's about exciting the brand yeah. about what we can do with their vehicles. Because then they come back and go, hey, yeah. we didn't really envision it that way. Yeah. Is there room? Yeah. So and good. you're showing them that there's overhead, right? And that there's the ability to, to um, like JL has so much breadth of what you can do. You can do a two-wheel drive, two-door, manual, everything, sport. Or you can do a, you know, for 30 grand. Or you can do a $80,000 392 with every bell and whistle, right? Like, You know, we were, we were on a trail the other day, and um, I was riding with one of, one of my designers. And behind us was a, it was a brand new, it was a JL. It was a white four-door with a soft top black fenders it was a sport yep. it was in a, there wasn't it was probably the cheapest you could buy it wasn't a single option on it he put it on 35s with a different wheel and a small lift and it was perfect it went everywhere it was super yeah. it's just like yeah i we've conditioned people that they think they need a rubicon to do the rubicon yeah. but you don't you don't and it was just like wow that's super clean because a lot of things here are sort of overdone uh yeah yeah you've noticed but that it, yeah it was it was it was it was refreshing i think there's some things that are here that are overdone. Mm-hmm. Literally here. It's true. So the four by is pretty cool. It's, it's neat to see it. I I told you this yesterday, but I'd love to explore what that would be in like an overlanding setup. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that uh, people haven't thought about that platform. And if you've ever, you know, a lot of people say, well, what's the difference to like say an Explorer and a Grand Cherokee? Well, if, for instance, Grand Cherokee has a trailhawk with disconnecting sway bars, and you can, um, you know, air suspension in low range, which mm-hmm. the competition is rear wheel drive based. It's not based on a unibody platform like a lot of the cars that are trying to be Jeeps right now. Mm-hmm. But above all that, if you look at a Grand Cherokee body in white, which is basically the, the, the body, the metal body before it's. Um, has anything attached to it? You can see just how much structure there is around things like the shock tower mounts and things There's like that. There's a basement. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. No, from a foundation yeah. standpoint, it's a very stiff, very, very well built vehicle. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of structural integrity, Grand Cherokees have always been really good with uh, not having body creaks and rattles and things, and that's because Jeep intends, even though if the end user doesn't do it, intends for them to be off road capable and has built that into the structure. I'd love to see a smaller rooftop ten and, and things we've learned, lessons we've learned from the. XJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad to see you're still X-rays learning. These are great, great wheelers, and they they flex more and more over time. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, and then let's talk about uh, the last, and that's Magneto 2.0, which uh, last year Magneto was brought out. It was based on a Rubicon two door V6 manual. You guys swapped into an electric drivetrain on it, and you purposely matched that motor to the output and torque of the you know of this factory powertrain. So around 280, 285 horsepower, and it was it. Um, Do you know why? 260 torque or something. Do you know why? Because the the trans was the fuse. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so so yeah. We the did. spin on that was yeah. we want you to experience it back to back. The reality is is that there were some weak points in it. Yeah. Well, no, it's just uh, that we would we would overpower that. And um, I was really clear last year that I, I wanted to do do it a couple different times. Yep. Um, again, Magneto is a retrofit, and it's not. There's nothing, it's not the future of Jeep. It's a no way to show production intent. Yeah. There, no, there's none of that. Um, but uh, I, I like to say, you know, we purposely left the laboratory door open. Yep. Um, having the stick axles, the transfer case, and the big slinky suspension is done very deliberately. Yeah. So uh, the people out here, um, my enthusiasts that are really interested in these vehicles, they can relate it's to it. Familiar. It's familiar. not weird. Yep. And they, they look at that like, because I know. I, I, the same way, I look at a Jeep and like start thinking about how I'm going to mod it. Sure. I want them to be be able to continue to do so. Yep, it, it's so. nice because everything downstream from the transmission is everything you'd expect in the Jeep. It's the same transfer case, it's the same axles, it's the mm-hmm. same suspension mounts, it's the same frame, it's the same wheel and tire package. It's a pretty beefy axle now, day in the 80s. Well, no, no joke. Okay, so let's yeah. let's talk about that. So Magneto 2.0, they, somebody uh, not only did you leave the door open to the laboratory, but somebody left uh, the checkbook on the counter, mm-hmm. and uh, you you. Specced in uh, Dana 60 front, Dana 80 rear from Dynatrack, yep. so super yep. beefy. Yep. Um, you upgrade the transmission to, uh, I believe it's a Transilla Tremec that would have been behind a really high output Hellcat engine. Yep. And the reason for that... No, it, wait, wait. It's, it's a Hellcat sourced trans that, uh, I think it's a... Uh, Trends, so yeah, it's upgraded beyond that, which is insane. We needed it though. Gee, why did you need it? Was that because uh, the same motors in it, but you just did the software, and all of a sudden um, you went from two hundred eighty-five horsepower to was that six six and a quarter, six twenty-five, and eight fifty foot pounds of torque, <laughs> and um, and there's more to be had. So hang on. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, you're running out of uh, overhead on hard parts pretty soon. Stretch the wheelbase uh, a foot. And, um, you know, a 40-inch 40, 40 tire is no joke. And then putting that much torque through it. The vehicle we just, we took last year's, which was pretty mild. It was a 35-inch tire and, and a small lift. And as you stated, we, we matched the, the output of the V6. Now we've gone beyond that. And um, I, I think what we're learning and, and wanting to know is it's really... You know, I'm not going to talk about range or, yeah. or charging, and it's boring. But uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll solve those those issues. But the uh, the benefits of of connecting that electric motor to our suspension and axles and drive is super interesting to me. Um, we'll probably start to see retrofits and things yeah. like that. There's there's crate motors coming now for from various yep. manufacturers, um, and I don't want people to to fear the electric future. Uh, embrace it, and then I'm, my curiosity is about how I can make it the experience better. Yeah. And of course, the noise, which is yeah. awesome. I hate being yeah. on a trail behind. Some, <laughs> One of the guys yeah. here has a has a uh, two eight diesel, and yeah. it's just clattered. Yeah, yeah. Or you're, a four you're the whole time. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we love them, but uh, man, after a long day on the trail, it's, yeah, it's it can get wearing. Yeah. 
I think it's, it's important to note that you're uh, you're you're not necessarily like me. You're you're not necessarily an electric homer that is going to say that you know force it upon people. But we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So let's make it the the best it can be. And who knows? Maybe we even make it better than we have now. We just don't know it. And it's all about the be open minded for the things we're interested in. You and yes. I and the people we're talking to here. Yeah, absolutely. And. Um, there's more. There's more coming from us uh, that I think are, it's going to be a super interesting next few years. There's been hints, but I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't. This one I don't know about, mm-hmm. but there's hints. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I, it's it's, um, it's going to be something important. That's going to be very deep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Two last uh, topics since we have you. The uh, absolute home run Grand oh, Slam. Uh, no, I need, I need to tell you a secret. Oh, you have a secret? So last year we were here, we had yeah. the Magneto 1.0. Yes. And everybody was driving it. Yep. And one guy had to be the last guy to drive it. Yeah. You. Right. You waited till the very last. Right, because Jim wanted to ride with me. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're nibbling our nails in the background because we really don't know when it's going to run out. Yeah, how much range, right? And we're, well, by the way, we're well, 10 miles off the highway. Yeah, and and again, it's a prototype. Yep. It, it, it's not about range. It's just about delivering the electric experience. Oh my God, we were sweating. <laughs> but you made it back. I saw it in the parking lot. But it's like if it was some other weird little outlet, I'd be like, yeah, you ran out. Yeah, you're, you're done. <laughs> but no, we were concerned about it. <laughs> Oh, you know, I, told I, you. I, oh, no, I haven't heard that story before. Yeah. Oops. Oh, well. Yeah, well, yeah. you made home. So, I mean, we're still here. It's a year later. All right, I want to talk about the uh, the absolute home run Grand Slam uh, success of Tuscadero. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. And by the way, Nina Barlow got her Tuscadero, mm-hmm. and she has bronze wheels, and it's a 4 by so it's blue accents. And I sh- she told me about it. I'm like, that's going to be the most hideous Jeep I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It freaking works. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, awesome. So Tus- Tuscadero, uh, for those that aren't, aren't up on it, is, is a pink yeah, like a hot metallic pink. Um, and it has kind of a story. We started, we were going to do that. We were going to pull the trigger on that um, about five years ago. And at the very last second, uh, the brand got <laughs> cold feet. But we can't and, do pink. We didn't do it. We did actually activate it in um, in China on a Renegade. And uh, it was... It, w- it was named Floyd at that time. <laughs> uh, we we changed the name and to be a bit sensitive, uh-huh. uh, and thought we'd be clever. And I thought, honestly, nobody, nobody would nobody get it. Nobody knew Pinky Tuscadero. They all love it. Um, and the target audience for that yeah. is probably uh, uh, um, older. Yeah, you know, forty-five to sixty-five, seventy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yep. buy buy herself a uh, a prize. Yep. and, and oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and. Uh, it's a great pink too because it's not Barbie pink, which yeah, I think is what people feared. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a metallic. Yeah. It's, it's got kind of a, uh, a like color. almost an anodizing sheen to it in a way, like a pearl. And it's not, you know, I think people were worried that there's gonna be a Pepto Bismol pink Jeep, and that's not what it is. It's, it's actually a, a, I mean, it was a it, it was a color we had it on um, Challenger for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think it was Panther or something like that. And yeah, honestly, back in the day, you could buy an S10 that was pretty close. To that color. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we 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 brought it out and um, thought you know we'll saturate the the pink market yep. in about two hours, and uh, we actually had to, to up. I don't know the you're gonna want me to quote the actual production numbers. I forgot what they were, but uh, we had to reopen ordering on it because it was so popular. And then um, 
we know, and the brand will tell you this as well. It's like it's important to launch a new color. It's also important to take it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and we do that, and we call it a rotating line. So you know, you guys do that a lot. Jeep, Jeep yeah. has probably more colors on Red, rotation than just about any yeah. manufacturer. Red, black, silver, yeah. white. Those, those stay. Those stay, and then um, some of the like blues yeah. and stuff will stay longer. And then we have these like we call them rotating because I know I'll, I'll saturate yeah. the. It's like pur- Gator in about two yeah. months, or yeah. you know Sarge yeah. or. It, it allows us actually to when we do these little short runs, and I know it frustrates people, but um, if you see it and you like it, go get it. Yeah, go get it. I'm looking at uh, somebody <laughs> I don't know who yeah. uh, handed me a bunch of stickers, mm-hmm. uh, and they are a uh, let's say it's a, they're blue, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like an, an oval, oval shape. shape. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. in the middle there's a script, mm-hmm. and uh, the script might not say what you think it does <laughs> and uh just you just always need somebody who's cr- clever and creative yeah and yeah you know that's whoever gave you that yeah yeah that's awesome they're, they're a very very intelligent person <laughs> with a great sense of humor and we can all we can all laugh about it someday yeah well it's uh only, only this brand <laughs> <laughs> all right my all friend right. thank you so much yeah. for spending the time because uh you know always yeah, enjoy it we get this uh this opportunity you know it seems like once a year to really sit down and, and talk about all the stuff coming up and what you've been working on and we're excited to uh See what you have in store. I don't know how you're going to be yourself next year. Every year I tell you that. I'm like, what's next? And you go, I don't know. I need to drink for a while. Uh, yeah. Well, it's always fun. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Take care. I cannot imagine what an undertaking it would be that new models show trucks. I'm exhausted hearing about his job. I uh, think he has one of the best jobs in the world, to be honest with you. I think he does, too. I think he's it's the, the passion is... Uh, Palpable. Palpable. Yeah, I couldn't come up with a word. Thank You're you. You're trying to think of uh, palatable. No, I almost said pulp. <laughs> not, not the same. <laughs> no, it's not very, very different. It's that stuff that's in your uh, orange juice. No, I was thinking about the English band from like uh, the early 90s. Oh, pulp. Mm-hmm. Mm, got it. <laughs> All right. And so for the follow-up, you have a, a no-namer, a nobody, just a, a small uh, a person of small stature in the industry, correct? Yeah, you can say that. Or he's the head of Jeep North America. Oh, yeah, or it's him. One mm-hmm. of the two. Yeah. Either way. Okay. All right, so uh, I'm sitting here with Jim Morrison, uh, head of the Jeep brand here in North America, and we are in Magneto 2.0. And if you remember last year at Easter Jeep Safari, uh, Jim and I rode together in Magneto 1.0, and one of the conversations about that vehicle was it was always meant to evolve. And so it went from uh, 285 horsepower to 625 with 850 pound-feet of torque. Yeah, you know, I, I just remember... The grief you got because the audio sucked. Yeah, well, the audio is pretty suck in this one too because it's windy. We're an open top Jeep, and uh, the recorder is on the dash. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, remember how much uh, grief you got. Did you? Yeah. Uh, I mean. And you wonder if he really listens to the show. He definitely does <laughs> listen, and I applaud you, Jim, because uh, I think he felt my my pain in listening to that interview. I don't think so. And having to edit out as much bass from the wind noise as I could. <laughs> well, this one's not done yet. Oh no. I know you listen to the show, but how many times have we... Did you hear us asking you questions or dropping Jim Morrison uh, hints during it? Oh, I do. Yeah. I I, uh, I love that. And uh, sometimes I forget that I've talked to you through the 
through the podcast <laughs> and that I didn't actually have the conversation with you. But oh, yeah. it's uh, it's nice when you can zero in on someone's brainwaves. Yes. And uh, and do that. But the only thing that's goofy is I have this rule that I don't like listening to myself. So you actually spoiled it for me for next weekend now. <laughs> now you can't listen so, to the show? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for well, just, an hour fast, and a half of my life. Fast forward to you and you can just listen to Mark Allen because he was really good. He that, there himself. you go. That's always He's, he's always, uh, always worth a listen. All right, so uh, Magneto 2.0 is completely redone in terms of suspension. It's been uh, lengthened. You have this uh, B-pillar style, um, kind of this fastback look, still open top. You have 40s on 20s, Dynatrack 60 in the front, and an 80 in the rear. Uh, you've got a Tremec six-speed uh, manual. So basically, you know, you've, you've got the transmission out of the Hellcat, except for this has been modified by uh, Transilla uh, to be even more uh, more powerful. So the older, you know, according to Mark, the uh, 1.0 of this was limited because the transmission torque um, would, would have been exceeded mightily. So this is, for all intents and purposes, while the drivetrain is the same, the whole vehicle has kind of really changed around it. And uh, what was the reception for Magneto 1.0? And what have you heard so far now with the new changes? Well, you know, I have to say that Magneto 1.0 has been very well received. And that's why we're actually, you know, taking it to the next extreme. So we have some bookends to kind of work within, right? So if you think of, um, you know, the Magneto 1.0, it was, you know, rolling on 35s that had... You know, 295 uh, or 285 horsepower. It was kind of V6 Rubicon-like um, performance and capability. Yeah, the, right? it was basically the you know analogous to a V6, and you you program the motor so that the motor would mimic the V6 power output. So you could have a feel back and forth what that might feel like. Well, now you've reprogrammed the same motor with a whole lot more power, and here we are. And this thing is an absolute beast now. Exactly. And it's appropriate that we're here in Moab, too, because, as you know, when you look around, you know, there's there's uh, um, Jeeps everywhere, and probably 90% of them have been modified and added horsepower and torque and added uh, uh, wheels and tires and lift. Even the rental Jeeps here are modified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know... That's what our Jeep customers love to do. So now that we got really uh, good reception of uh, out of Magneto 1.0, and uh, as you know, the customers are what drive our brand. Uh, we get some special input um, from others as well, but you know we really do like um, listening to our customers. And now we've got the other end of the spectrum. Now that we're going after with 2.0, which is okay. Let's go nuts with this thing. Yeah. Let's let it, you know. Let's unleash the beast, so to speak. Now 625 horsepower, 850 pound-feet of torque. It's incredible, but it's still got to be a really good Jeep. So, you know, we got to put that power to the ground. You know, crazy uh, axles help deliver that because it still has, you know, a Jeep four-wheel drive system. So you yep. imagine putting all of that torque to the ground. You know, you don't want things to break. So it, it does that incredibly well. And we pushed it all the way up to 40s. Uh, this time and and uh, you know a uh, a lot has changed in the tire game as you know since this time last year we were running on 33s was yeah. the best you could get out of the factory for uh, uh, for Wrangler the uh, we had the Stream Recon you know we've got that in marketplace today yeah with 35s seen a lot of those around Moab. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of 37s on Extreme Recons and I'm seeing some of your own Jeeps here with 37s and I know these are all concepts and we don't talk about future programs but I'm just saying I'm seeing a lot of 37s <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I, I gotta show you this picture this uh, this will make you smile my uh, 
my uh, my son just uh, just posted this um, on. Uh, oh yeah, top of the world. Look at that. Yeah. Look at the the clouds. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, and he's uh, he's driving a uh, a lifted modified thirty sevens. Rides like a sports car, though. That's the only thing that's. Uh, I mean, we've that's crazy. T- good. We've talked about this many times about what. Uh, you know just how good a Wrangler with good suspension can be, and uh, I know you've kind of driven a few of those uh, this week, and you've been pretty impressed with what you've driven. Oh, for sure. Now you know why yeah. I like mine so much. Yeah, yeah. The, those Bilsteins are great shocks. Yeah. And um, you know we've got some really good shocks as well, and always looking to uh, make every Jeep better. All right, so let's take this thing for a ride. We're uh, sitting in it. There's no doors. It's windy out here, in Moab. Hopefully, you can hear us. Uh, but I'm anxious to uh, see how this is. And, and for people uh, at home, uh, it's kind of interesting because it's a six-speed, but the only time you use the clutch is to shift between gears while moving. You don't need to use it to leave the line or anything because there's no moving parts. It's electric motor. So um, we're just going to uh, take the brake off. And by the way, by no moving parts, I mean the the, rotor, the uh, motor itself is not moving, so you don't have to clutch in and clutch out. It only moves when you hit the pedal, whereas an internal combustion engine is running at idle. Of course. And uh, so I didn't mean to... To, to say it's a solid-state motor with no parts, it does move, of course. And try not to run over uh, James here. Yeah, the clutch is just a choice of gears, and it's not really a clutch. So, yeah, yeah you can just press the gas, and away you go. Here we go. So we're in uh, first, let's see, we're in third, I guess? So I don't know, first, second, so it's third. Where have you been telling people to drive in this thing? Second or third. Okay, we'll do when second. When you get over to, get to, the, the um, to, the, to the climbs, you know, you can either put it in low and leave it in third, uh, or just put it in first. Okay. So it'll do both. So I don't know if you can hear it, but it's it makes those really cool woo 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 sounds. Just... Oh, that's a little something different, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing is we've got lots of choice for our customers. Right, we've got, we just heard the 392 fire yep. up, you know, with this dual mode exhaust that just makes you smile. And then we've got our Wrangler 4xE, um, which is in complete uh, silence, which also makes you smile. And, and they and, both, by the way, have the same torque, 470. I know. And uh, it's, you know, not by uh, um, coincidence either. You know, you can take your pick and uh, just decide. Do you want, you know, hear the cool rumble of exhaust, you know, play a little bit on Know Your Note. Uh, or uh, or going completely yes. and what another uh, reference to the yes, show? Yes, I love you, Jim. <laughs> hey, hey, lightning! No, you're not. <laughs> what is this? So anyway. we were just next to the Concept 20th Anniversary Edition, and I know next year actually is the 20th anniversary edition, uh, 20th anniversary of the Rubicon, and I assume you will have a 20th anniversary edition the way you had a 20 uh, the 10th anniversary edition. Um, what does Rubicon mean to the brand today? I know uh, we talked with Mark about Lunatic Fringe a little bit and how it took a, a group of enthusiastic engineers to make it happen. But today, you wouldn't have the Jeep Wrangler lineup without Rubicon. You know, it's really interesting to see what it grew from and into. But I think what's really more interesting is even to think of what drove that is still amazingly intact in the Jeep brand, you know, here uh, 20 years later. Right? So... A group of um, uh, Jeep engineers, Jim Rep and Company. Yep. You know, we're looking to always push the limits. Of course, when you're out here in Moab, you talk to customers. They want you to do everything you can to get more capability. 
they'll say, give us 101 crawl ratio. At the time, it was actually, you know, give us 32s or 33s um, and uh, and give us the ability to put a, uh, a winch in something. And uh, All right, we're just uh, climbing up a ledge here. And here we are. Like butter. <laughs> yeah. Like butter. Exactly. Um, and we took a bunch of stuff from the aftermarket, kind of the best of the best from the aftermarket, and we put it on a uh, on a Wrangler. Um, we went to one of the most iconic trails that we have, which is the Rubicon. You know, the 10 out of 10, um, the absolutely incredulous trail of all trails. Yeah, right. That, um, you know, that every off-roader respects, and we slapped that on the Jeep. You know, it was a small percentage of the business back then, it's now what defines 4x4 capability now in every Wrangler. Well, not even Wranglers. I think across the industry. I think uh, other manufacturers have seen what Rubicon represents, and they've striven to have their own nameplates that are associated with it. I mean, obviously, you know, Ford's come out with the Bronco, and, and they've got theirs. You've got, you know, uh, Chevy ZDR2. You've got TRD Pros. You've got, you know, you look across the – everybody wants to get into the off-road game. But really, a, a real not sticker and badge package off-road that came with real hard parts was the Rubicon. Yes. Like that sort of started where the industry is today, and every manufacturer wants to have that same brand equity and that capability that, that you guys have had for almost 20 years now. Exactly. And, you know, so you look at all of that, and you think, okay, what's now relevant here in 2022 to make on the 20th anniversary? Yeah. So let's say we're going to do the 20th anniversary. Let's say. Not saying we were. Not saying we won't. <laughs> but... I mean, that thing's riding on 37s. It's got onboard air. You know, it's got red leather seats, which is just, I love just cool. Just, yeah. just, just, just because I, you can. I wish I could do the red seatbelts in mine. Yeah. That looks, it looks so cool. It Stingray. does look really good, doesn't it? Um, and then, you know, we're going to see what our customers, you know, say. Hey, if our customers come back and say, hey, you know, you guys are overdoing it with these... Uh, you know, anniversary editions, we don't bother. Yeah. You know, if they come back and say, hey, yeah, but do this, this, and this to it as well, and I'll buy one, hey, we listen to them. You know, and I think what's really cool about Moab this year, cooler than any time I've ever been here, is the uh, the fact that uh, you're seeing stuff that's brand new that wasn't even in the marketplace this time last year. Yeah. Right? So you go back this time last year, there were no, um, you know, Wrangler 392s in the wild. There were no Wrangler 4xe's in the wild. There were no, um, you know, Wranglers with factory 35's, what we call extreme recon packages, yeah. in the wild. There was no Jeep Grand Cherokee, uh, you know, 5, the 5th edition, uh, in the wild. And now we have... So, all right, we're going to keep driving uh, Magneto 2.0, and then we'll uh, we'll pick this up in uh, just a minute, because I think this is a really interesting conversation and talk about some of the, uh, some of the things that are on the way. All right, so we got to a slightly less windy spot here, so we can uh, we can carry on our conversation. You're talking about you know Rubicon 20th, and if you were to do one, and how the concept has a lot of great stuff. One of the things that Mark brought up that I thought was an interesting point is is you look at how far the Rubicon model has come in general in 20 years. The basic Rubicon has so much stuff on it that's even trickled down to some of the uh, the you know lower trims that aren't as off road you know specific. And it's amazing, like, what do you add to it? Because there's so much stuff that it just comes with already. I know. And, and that really has become the benchmark of the, uh, the industry from its, you know, signature red tow hooks that yep. actually work. <laughs> um, you know, they're not just red. But yeah, well, you guys have tow hooks. You actually have a standard internally of what they need to be rated for in order to pull, you know, the Jeeps out of mud and 
rocks and things like that. Exactly. The, the rule is two and a half uh, or two times GVW, yeah. which on a on a body on frame vehicle like Wrangler is is actually pretty easy. But when you need to load like ten thousand pounds on a Grand Cherokee that's unibody, that's yeah. a little bit of work. Right. Um, so that's some real engineering, but it needs to actually. Um, be very capable as well because nothing worse than you know walking up your tow hook and oh it doesn't work as a tow yeah. hook it, it doesn't you know like some or the, the loop is too small you can't you can't get, you can't get a rope around me how many you yank on it and yeah. break and I can't tell you how many manufacturers have quote unquote tow hooks and they might even be rugged tow hooks but there's not enough clearance between the valance and the hook opening so you can't even get like a, a you know two and a half inch wide strap through around it. the hook or through yeah. it yeah, yeah so I think they. You know, haul things around with baler twine or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, no. Yeah, you need a good strap. So, so yeah. obviously, uh, the concepts, five of them this year, three of them are electrified. One is a diesel, one is a V8. We know that electrification is coming. Where do you see electrification? Actually, four of seven are electrified. Well, well yeah, if you count the uh, the Mopar ones, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's pretty... Obviously, that's making a statement of it where is. things are going. Yeah. What does electrification mean to Jeep, and how are you going to do it differently so that it adds to the Jeep experience and doesn't detract from off-road ability and all the things that people expect from the brand? Because I know that you guys are, are spending time thinking about the end user and the enthusiast and making sure that they can still put big wheels and tires and a suspension lift, and they can still go and, and you know... Uh, tackle the toughest trails and all those things. None of, none of that should change because the motivation of the powertrain is different. W- what are you guys doing? What are your, what's your thought process? Well, it starts with it needs to be a true Jeep, right? And to be honest, that's what took us a little bit longer. You know, we're in the marketplace now, setting records, sales records with Wrangler because we did it right. And it's because we made it a really good Jeep first. And it does what Jeep needs to do and it connects with performance and capability and complete quiet and that combination nobody else has in the marketplace that's what's really cool is you know we're being true to the brand our uh, enthusiasts are guiding us there to keep, I mean more more horsepower more torque more capability always makes Jeep customers happy but to do it in a way now that is offering them you know to do it in complete silence it's uh, it's pretty cool I just uh, you know for me as a as a enthusiast of the brand and somebody who likes the products it's such a fine line not to erode that trust with enthusiasts because uh, it's it's Jeep is so unique in that way in the marketplace, and so I'm I'm looking forward to the future, but happy to know that you guys aren't blindly going into it that there's a plan that you won't lose the Jeepiness of Jeep if you will. Well, and here's something, and we look over there and the, the Rubicon 392 concept it was, it was the 20th anniversary, and I would say to you that. We couldn't have done 392 without 4xe, and we couldn't have done 4xe without 392. Sure. And you know why? It's because our enthusiasts guide this brand, and we got to give them a choice. And there's going to be people that love the 392 that don't want a 4xe. There's going to be people that want a 4xe that um, don't want a 392. Or there's a combination of therein, you know what I mean? But the nice thing is, listening to our customers over the years, we give them that breadth of what they want. And our engineers are the best in the world, and they've been able to help us deliver that. Well, and, and like I've told people before, I keep saying it, if you want that V8, get it now. It's uh, There's regulations coming and government mandates and cafe and all the things that are going to you know narrow down the choices and and you know as much as you want to always deliver for the enthusiast you still have to be able to you know, deliver in the real world for all the corporate goals and things that have to happen um 
but you also ice isn't dead with Jeep at all. Um, you just announced the new uh, Tornado engine. Uh, the inline six, which I'm actually really excited about. Uh, I don't know if you want to touch on that. I know, um, you know New York Auto Show is about to happen. By the time you listen to this, it'll be last week. You're making a big announcement with Grand Wagoneer L. There's there's a lot of I things happening. I hope I don't screw that up because you know I, 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 don't, I don't want to get to sleep between then and now. <laughs> yeah. So if I uh, if I actually screw up, I'll I'll, uh, I'll regret even saying that. But there's <laughs> there's only a few hours between then and now. But we got overnight to get there, and yeah, you we, get, it's always hard. New York's a hard is a hard flight to get. You know, New York is our biggest SUV market in the world. Can't go without New York. It's also one yeah. of the biggest auto shows. So we got some big announcements there. Uh, but this is the biggest uh, Jeep celebration in the world. Yeah. And, the and they best, always overlap with each other. Yeah, and it's always crazy. So a um, little bit of weather, you know, and snow <laughs> is great for a Jeep, but I can't fly all the way, yeah. uh, you know, home. You don't have a very a big Jeep, window. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, lots of uh, lots of challenges. But, uh, yeah, we'll have some good news there with... Um, you know, 510 horsepower. Um, Who doesn't version? love a good inline six? Oh, you know, it's and it's, two turbos. I thought it was novel that you guys are twin, tur- or that the twin turbos are not sequential in the sense that they're feeding the entire engine. Each three cylinders are treated as a bank, and they get their own turbo. And so you have faster spool up and less lag and all that. I I'm really excited. You know, obviously you haven't announced everything that is going in, and and uh, but we know that engine's coming. And it looks really great on paper. Uh, you know, it, it really does. It's it's a lot of fun to drive too. I can tell you, I've been uh, been driving one at home, and it absolutely makes you smile. It's uh, it's absolutely incredible what um, you know what the uh, the Hurricane can do uh, for uh, for Wagoneer and really uh, really move it along. Still holds on to its uh, ten thousand pounds of towing as well, which is uh, really important for a lot That's of right. customers. It's, it's Hurricane. It, I, the rumor was tornado, but it's Hurricane, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hurricane uh, Twin Turbo 510 yep. is our official name for it. Awesome. And, um, yeah, code name uh, that other thing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I knew it was one, I was new some wind event that was... Uh, well, the neat thing is there's a little bit of Jeep history there, too. I mean, sure. We had a hurricane yeah. uh, in our past as well. So yep. we're really proud to be uh, the first to launch that uh, um, that new uh, engine and, uh, and really uh, expand the lineup for uh, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer with the... Um, you know, with the new um, L version of Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Now it gets another 12 inches uh, long, you know, 226 uh, inches. <laughs> if you don't have enough room in that, there's, um, something, there's something wrong. And, you know, it's amazing because it has more backseat uh, room and more room behind the uh, the third row than anybody. In so, the, back, the back seat, the third row is not going to be the place where you don't want to go. The third row is going to be like the place where you have you own your own space and you're you're not like a pretzel to get back there exactly be incredible so, you know now you know grand wagoneer is, is arguably owning the interior it's the best interior in the yeah. world um i'm just quoting people not bragging you know? <laughs> um but at the end of the day um you know really um um think that it, that's one of the strong points that uh, grand wagoneer has all all the technology that has 75 inches of screen it's incredible what that has. The only thing that was that was lacking was the long wheelbase uh, for uh, some of the folks, so we're adding that in. And now, if you have need more space for your uh, people or your stuff, either the, way, uh, the new Grand Wagoneer L's got that for you. All right. Well, I know uh, this is going to be a busy next 24 months for Jeep. I know there's a lot of announcements to come. There's some really cool stuff that you're working on that we're not quite ready to talk about yet. But um, as always, let me know how I can help. 
and uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm looking forward to some of the stuff that's upcoming because I think people are going to be blown away. Yes, and reminds me, just don't move for 30 seconds and you can help with something. All right, perfect. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, we're going to sit here and wait 30 seconds, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, uh, Jim. Uh, what did you have to do? What did you have? I uh, can't talk about it. If I could talk about it, I would have left it in the recording. But, but... Embargo. I thought that everything there on site was for public consumption. Everything they announced, yes, but when the executive is comfortable with you, you don't burn him on anything, Lightning. That's how you are in the stuff as you honor the embargo. Yep. So, so what you're saying is thanks for watching and remember everything matters listen all will be revealed in due time how about that right and until then we should get to some news what's, what's new in trucks we need to know what's new in trucks we need to know what's new in trucks we need to know lifted lowered and everything in between what's happening in the world of trucks that was a weird week. one, but I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm not. I'm all right awful. with it. You want to try it again? Nope. You sure? It just lives on uh, how it is. <laughs> okay. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? What you talking about, Willis? No, I did not. Uh, the Ford F-150 Lightning is uh, uh, in production. Apparently, they've announced that there's 200,000 pre-orders, and they can build about 150,000 a year. That math is uh, a little off. That's not going to work well. But uh, for those of you who want something different... Jim Farley, CEO of Ford, said, uh, this is not our only electric truck. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there'll be another electric truck uh, just down the road. Uh, in fact, Ford is um, working on a new campus in Stanton, Tennessee. They're spending $11.4 billion, billion dollars, to build an electric vehicle assembly plant and a gigawatt battery factory there, as well as two more gigafactories in Kentucky. Uh, so a contender for this uh, could be the smaller Ranger, but our guess is it's probably the Ford Maverick. It's our guess. Oh. But we'll see. I Very mean, curious. It'll be interesting to see. So uh, if uh, you uh, are interested in an electric truck and the F-150 is a little bit too much truck for you in the lighting, uh, just wait a little bit longer because Ford says in the next two years, they're hoping to be able to uh, pump out, I believe they said something like 2 million EVs. Holy mackerel. That is a lot of electric vehicles. Hey, Holman, did you hear? Uh, no. Did you hear that uh, Ford is also trying to pull off a tank turn in the F-150 Lightning? Uh, sure. So according to this uh, patent, I'm looking at Patent Guru, methods and apparatus to perform a tank turn submitted back in uh, 2020 approved April 21st. Just recently here by Ford Global Technologies, LLC, methods, apparatus, systems, and articles of manufacture are disclosed to perform a tank turn. Weren't you saying at an, uh, during another episode that they had uh, the tank turn on the Rivian, right? My guess is that there may be some technology sharing because Rivian has already shown their tank turn in practice. It's not just a uh, on a patent on paper. So gotcha. either uh, Ford is doing it differently or Ford's patent will be invalidated because uh, Rivian had it first, or there's some technology sharing because Ford is a major investor in Rivian. So, 
So here's another curious thing I happened on by just a happenstance. Listen to this patent I just came across from Ford. Method and system for a vehicle sanitizing mode. Uh, okay. Methods and systems are provided for heat sanitizing in a vehicle. And one example, a method may include responsive to receiving a request for sanitization for a vehicle interior, activating an ultraviolet germicidal irradiation system and operating a heating ventilation and air conditioning system uh, to heat the vehicle interior above an upper threshold temperature for a threshold duration. Meanwhile, people in Phoenix are just laughing. So, Plenty of uh, UV and heat there. In this way, the HVAC system may be advantageously used to expose the vehicle interior to temperatures that kill or inactive microbes, while the UVGI system may supplement the heat sanitizing. I just so this is wild. Is is this like this came It'd about in great uh, for in, taxis? In, I guess in October of 2020. So during COVID, they're trying to figure out a way to sanitize probably rental cars, right? I guess. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Sure. UV and heat, they're going to kill everything in the car. And as a reminder about the F-150 Lightning uh, with its dual motors and extended range battery pack, it boasts 563 horsepower, 775 pound-feet of torque, and it's the quickest model beating the uh, F-150 Raptor from zero to 60. It'll come as a Super Crew with a five and a half foot bed with uh, up to 320 miles of range. Uh, the Lightning Pro base work truck starts at 41,669, uh, and then it goes up from there. As a reminder, the Hummer uh, EV is 112,595 for the loaded edition one. So that's quite the discrepancy. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Lightning? <laughs> because I just found this. What a dumb patent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's... Ford Global Technologies LLC patented something that does. Vehicle detection of missing body parts. <laughs> Why? Do, um, how do you not know that a body part's missing off your car or truck? They have a module to tell you. All right. Well, as long as you're <laughs> talking about patents. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. GM's Ultium Energy Recovery System can boost EV range and acceleration. The patented heat pump shuttles energy from devices that like it cool. To those that favor warmth, saving mass, cost, and energy on every Ultium platformed vehicle, which is basically all their electric. So it says, uh, according to Motor Trend, we've reported on the GMCE Hummer EV's dramatic Watts to Freedom prep mode, during which a low-pitched thrumming sound attends various vehicular and driver preparations for max acceleration. Well, we've now learned a bit more about those preparations, particularly the temperature conditioning of the motors and battery pack. This crucial function is carried out by an elaborately integrated heat pump system covered by 11 patents and four publications wow. that actually save cost, mass, and considerable energy, while, yes, also helping to punt the heavy Hummer pickup truck up to speed with surprising zeal. The article goes on to say that geothermal and other heat pump climate control systems operate by converting unproductive low-value energy into productive high-value energy. They magically find heat in the cold ground or winter air outside and move it indoors, heat, help keep you cozy. Uh, it says, in the WTF prep mode alluded to above, the system wants the permanent magnets and the motors to be as cold as possible, and the battery needs to be warmed up to deliver maximum oomph. So motor cooling oil gets exposed to the evaporator circuit while the battery gets exposed to the condenser circuit, and voila, the heat goes to where it's needed. Uh, obviously, uh, this saves a bunch of energy uh, because uh, there'd be a lot more required if WTF were to use electrical resistance heating to warm the battery in separate AC refrigerant circuit to cool the motors instead of simply expending a few watts to run the compressor and open and close various coolant circulating plumbing valves. 
So uh, anyway, uh, GM is uh, rethinking the way uh, that the cooling system is used. HVAC is uh, not just for your cabin anymore. And not just for sanitizing. And not just for sanitizing. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. Ford and Huffy have joined forces for the ultimate bro ride. Did you just say Huffy? H-U-F-F-Y, Huffy, the bike company? This Ford F-150 bro, B-R-O, is kid-rated and adult-coveted, as many parents know. Ford has collaborated with various toy companies over the years to pump out a bounty of Ford-branded patented and battery-powered toys that scoot and zoom while matching uh, mom and dad's real-life Fords. Kids have experienced and mastered Ford uh, BEVs that long predate the F-150 Lightning and the Mustang Mach-E. It's hardly fair. Added to the collection of Ford kid bevs, the Huffy Ford bro. Every kid needs a bro, dude, bro. So, yes, uh, Huffy Bikes, the same Huffy. Huffy is the lamest of all bikes. Okay. It is the, uh, the Huffy is jorts. Huffy is uh, is the, the pants when you were kids that had uh, patches in them. Huffy is uh, Jenko jeans. Are you done? Huffy is freaking weak sauce. Okay. Well, anyway, they've worked with Ford to create the Ford F-150 Bro. And in this case, Bro stands for battery-operated ride. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing has uh, sure. b- big wide fender flares, uh-huh. uh, lifted front end, loud mud tires, com- complimentary flat bill hat in the driver's seat. Uh, so the Huffy Ford Bro is based on the uh, current F-150 that was uh, updated for 2021. Uh, there are several one-seater, six-volt Ford F-150 Bros available depending on uh, kids' age and ability. The smallest is ideal for kids up to three and goes up to 1.5 miles per hour. On the upper echelon is the Platinum Bro, which goes up to five miles an hour and is ideal for kids three to seven who are under 65 pounds, which uh, leaves you out. Lighting? This is a holdover from April Fool's, right? Check out the uh, two-seater 12-volt F-150 Raptor Bro. It's suited for kids three to 12 and comes in code orange, carbonized gray, or velocity blue. There's also a 12-volt Ranger Lariat, Ranger Tremor, and F-150 Lariat. The Bro is all about functionality. Power on button with engine startup sound, switch-controlled LED lights. Oh, it's just like uh, the, the big trucks that... Pumps in engine sound into the uh, compartment. Switch-controlled forward and reverse doors that open and close. Real storage in the bed, seatbelt, side mirrors, even a device uh, mount for listening to your cell phone while uh, uh, driving. Every kid could use a bro, according to the article. And that's right. Uh, you go to the Huffy website or the Walmart website and uh, package your, uh, your bro up for your kid today. And they can uh, have a truck just like mom or dad. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. No. Mm-mm, Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. No, I did not. GM has uh, teased the next generation Canyon and the new off-road AT4X model, which will finally give GMC something similar to the uh, Chevy uh, ZR2 models uh, before those were kind of Chevy only. And, uh, well, apparently uh, there's uh, some serious capability coming to the GMC brand. The 2023 GMC Canyon 84X off-road package. So going off the teaser photo that uh, GMC released, it looks like uh, there's a few clues we can glean from it, including 17-inch beadlock-capable wheels, and actually a pretty nice-looking wheel. Um, The truck's also fitted with rock rails to protect the rockers from off-road damage. Uh, Probably the same units used on the ZR2, which are legit. Tires are Goodyear Wrangler Territory MTs which uh, are, uh, I think that's what comes on the TRX. It replaces the Duratracks that are on the ZR2. Uh, I think the Territory is probably a little bit of a better tire. Current Colorado ZR2 is a 30.5, a 265-65-17, while the upcoming 2022 Sierra 1500 AT4X will be fitted with 32.5-inch tires 
265 7018s, but I was told through the grapevine that the Canyon AT4X will be fitted with 33-inch tires. So Those are much we'll healthier, see. yeah. Also uh, hiding under the skin are the same uh, Multimatic DSSV dampers Ooh. you can find on the Colorado, which are a fantastic shock. And uh, it should have the same two-inch ride height increase and uh, three-and-a-half-inch track increases as the uh, Colorado ZR2 and a real tow hook. So it should be interesting for anybody who uh, is interested in the mid-sized truck. I think the uh, 3.6-liter gas is going to be the engine of choice. But I would be interested to see if they put that turbocharged 2.7 gas uh, four-cylinder in there because uh, – with all the power, that thing could be a powerhouse in the mid-sized truck. And no diesel? Backed by the 10-speed. Well, diesel's been dead for a few years. I wouldn't expect it to uh, come back now. But with the 3-liter, not the 2.8? Uh, the 3-liter is a straight 6. Hmm, so it wouldn't fit. Wouldn't fit. Yeah. Boo. So anyway, uh, we should be uh, hearing about the AT4X later this summer. And they should go on sale in uh, early 2023. So as we get more information on that... We will let you know, but it looks like a, uh, another viable uh, truck player in the midsize market. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? I mean, no, no. I don't think so. I, as far as I know, I haven't heard yet. I'm questioning it, though. The longer I wait for your answer, now I feel like I have. I absolutely have heard it. Yes, for sure, 100%. Yes. No, now I'm having doubts again. I don't think so. No. Nope, haven't. So there's a uh, suspect uh, article on uh, our friends uh, over at TFL Truck's website, mm-hmm. and it's a picture of a somewhat camouflaged Ram HD, and it says, is the new Ram HD Rebel 4x4 off-road truck coming soon? And uh, I don't know if it's just a, a teaser, um, but it looks like a power wagon to me. Um, and uh, they, they say several unofficial sources are suggesting Ram's working on a heavy-duty Rebel off-road truck. And is saying that it's unofficial. Ram has not confirmed this, uh, but they have several spy images of a prototype truck that show uh, some some new technology and, and features. But here's the thing: I was in on it, and I can tell you right now that the Rebel was a power wagon light. Essentially, it was, a, it was okay. always designed to be a power wagon for the 1500. Okay. So I have pretty strong feelings that they're not going to go and make the takeaway power wagon and make a Rebel HD. Right. So I'm going to call shenanigans on our, our friends over at TFL. I yeah. know they listen to our show and we love them, but guys, uh, I, I'm calling shenanigans. They also got the, uh, the Duramax thing wrong. They're like, oh, that's going to add power. Duramax is going to be all new for 2023 with more power. And then uh, we called up our friends at Duramax and said, they go, nah. You mean you heard through... Uh, 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 unofficial, unofficial channels. Avenues. Yes, right. I mean we we uh, yeah we heard that that's not true and it's not till twenty four. Uh, they did uh, report. Is there an all new twenty twenty three Chevy Silverado version of the ZR two Bison coming? I have heard that that might actually be true. So kudos mm-hmm. back to the boys over at TFL gotcha. because I have heard that. Hey, can I read you media. some? Uh, can I read you some scooped leak leakage? Uh, I w- would prefer that you didn't because that sounds really gross. <laughs> no, no, no. This is scooped leakage. <laughs> scooped that leakage. sounds horrible. I'm going to read you something that uh, this is this is unofficial. I'm going to preface this with I cannot corroborate this. I have I have tried. So this is could be totally total bogosity. Total scooped leakage. Total bogosity. This is disgusting lightning. Some of the changes that are coming to the 2023 uh, Duramax engine. 
a second MAF uh, sensor for the intake, minor changes for emissions and tuning. Now, for the 2024, still called the L5P, they're going to have a brand new set of pistons, a new EGR setup, a new turbo, and there's going to be changes made to the fuel injection system along with the harness. Stock tuning is going to offer a lot more power, including almost 1,030 pound-feet of torque. That sounds bogus to me. Finally, for the model that's coming out after the L5P, potentially in 2028, it'll be a 7-liter twin overhead cam Duramax. No. Completely new architecture. No. I said, I'm prefacing it with bogosity, but I'm re- I just read that from someone... Who? who says they know? <laughs> Somebody is trolling you, and I can't believe we even put that on the show. I, I, again, a twin, could, a twin map, total bogus, completely different Duramax with that seven liters. No, no, I'm uh, completely calling shenanigans on that. Hey, I know that sometimes I act all crazy when I'm bummed out, mm-hmm. so just let me know if I'm freaking out too hard, and I'll stop. You're freaking out <laughs> too hard, lightning. Okay, so what you're saying is. You want to be that guy nobody wants to be that guy no hey lightning did you hear no 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 i did not at the uh, mecham auctions houston event there was a pretty rad 1986 chevy suburban custom dually i was wondering if uh you had any idea what it sold for so this is pretty cool How right many miles it's a cog i'll go through the list i don't know if i have the miles on here but it's a 1986 chevy suburban okay it's a dually, so it has dually fender flares on it and stuff, which yeah. people did back then. They converted the uh, rear of uh, Suburbans to uh, duallys. By the way, we need to check in with our friend Sean Ramage yeah. up at uh, Empire Fab. Yep. He just dropped a big old Cummins into his Suburban. Very cool. So we'll have to catch up with him. Okay, sorry, back to you. All right, so uh, looks like uh, this thing had a 454 V8 automatic transmission. It was a three-quarter ton 2500 Suburban. It was two-tone bronze and tan, tan interior, aftermarket dually conversion, power windows and door locks. Eight lug. 40-gallon fuel tank, mm-hmm. 410 diff, HD trailer package, and 42,000 miles. Oh, wow. Pretty much all stock. Okay. What do you think it sold for? I am fairly certain it sold for... 55,000. By the way, it had those really... Uh, Lame Chevy uh, uh, aluminum hubcaps on it, mm. even on the dualies in the back. Is it pristine? I can't tell. I'm not looking at it. I mean, it's it's clean enough. <sighs> it's 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 a used truck, okay. but it's clean. Let me take a look. Hold on a second, guys. I'm going to reach over here and take a look. No, that's pretty clean. That's clean. I- I'm sticking with Meekum. Okay, I'm sticking with my 55. <laughs> Okay, can I try again? Uh, oh, just one more guess. One more guess. Just one more guess. 33. Oh, no. Okay. So for a somewhat reasonable, I think, 18,700. Oh, okay. So I was just so thinking because all trucks are inflated Yeah, right I know. Now, not so. everything's inflated right oh, now. Interesting. I all right. Hmm. Okay. All right. One last uh, piece here. Did you hear? No, I did not. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. There's nope. a rumor that the uh, Ford F-150 Lightning might include onboard video games. Well, then now they're just ripping off Tesla, aren't they? I kind of like, right? Yeah. Hmm. Just saying. I mean, it's electronic. You can do anything you want now, but uh, I love Easter eggs. You know, I think, did you see, uh, God, who was it? Oh, Alex Choi. He had that. T- Remember when the, uh, the, the Tesla did the face plant in uh, Echo Park or wherever it was in LA? Everyone's, the whole world saw that, right? 
You saw that, right? Uh, yes. Okay. We talked about it on the show. Yeah, exactly. Did you see just before that he had a Tesla meetup in a parking lot and he had every Tesla do the fart sound effect? It's pretty funny when you had like 40 Teslas all doing the fart sound effect. At exactly 10 o'clock, click the fart noise. That's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. I've always wanted to do this. All right, what do you say we uh, get into some inbox? You email? Yeah, I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. I feel like this uh, show is going on 35 hours. But it's good. It feels long. All right. Yeah, hand. but we've cheated them. Our last like three shows have only been like 90 minutes each, so. <laughs> I don't think that's cheating. Most podcasts are, you know, except for like Rogan, most podcasts are like a half an hour. Listen, Lightning, I don't compare ourselves to other podcasts. Mm-hmm. I only do what we do best. All right. And what is that? This show. Okay. We do this show best. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start. Uh, hey, Lightning and Holman, this message is mostly for Lightning. I'm not a social media guy, so I can't just go sliding into your DMs. I want to give the Pedal Monster and iDash Data Monster combo as gifts to both my cousin and her boyfriend. They're both big-time car, truck, and off-road enthusiasts. I love my Pedal Monster and Data Monster, and I think they, they will too. And we'll make an awesome birthday present. I have to help them mount their parameters. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Her daily is a 2018 Lexus GX470. I think the Lexus version of the 4Runner, maybe. I know Holman will know the answer. Yep, Prado platform. Uh, his is a 2022 Ford F550 diesel. Yes, nice. 550. That he converted to a pickup with a modified pickup bed. It's super rad. I'm hoping they eventually get the Banks bug and add these and other items to their other cars too. I'll try and talk them into an exhaust and the uh, brand new intake if they fit the cabin chassis. I heard you say something a few shows ago, something about a new version of the iDash, but then you quickly embargoed yourself as not to say too much and slow down the current orders. I've been uh, waiting for some news to help me decide if I should just pull the trigger now or wait. Would it be ridiculous to ask for a little hint like, would these make good gifts for Easter or maybe Mother's Day or Memorial Day or Fourth of July? And that comes from Matt. All right. Thank you, Matt. Very much appreciate it. Uh, We are super- Definitely not for Easter. We're super duper slow. We're uh, a company run by engineers, by- and, and sloths. Sloths. Sloth engineers. It's very smart sloths. Very, very smart sloths. They're in no hurry to release this thing, so I would buy the current iDash. That's my advice to you now. And if you're looking for a dealio, a deal, and you don't have Instagram, you can email me. It's the letter J, T as in Tom, I-L-L-E-S at bankspower.com. And I uh, just I'll hook you, hook you, hook a brother up. But for all you guys on Instagram, you can slide into my DMs at LBC Lightning. I think I've hooked Use up. Use lube, please. Uh, that's gross. I think I've uh, hooked up over thirty of you so far. So, so I, apparently, this show works. This show apparently does do, it does work. Yes, they're not thrilled of the uh, the loss in revenue, but they're they're will happy you, that we're you, hooking up our the next yeah, email. Okay. By the way, did you just say that this show feels really long and then you're just like the stream of consciousness over there? Okay, so this is from Chris Flippin. Uh, Lightning, you've talked a ton about the pedal monster from Banks. And while listening to the show last week, I was thinking about Gail's history in boat racing. Then I thought, 
What about a throttle monster for marine applications? I feel there would be a market for a variety of boats, sea dews, jet skis, etc. Has Banks ever considered something like this? Keep up the great work. And five stars. Five star review! Five stars! That is an outstanding idea, but we do not have the bandwidth. So thank you. I'll put this right over here for now. That is cruel. <laughs> Man, what did he ever do to you other than he give did, you some ideas? That was a great freaking idea that we just won't do. So I'm, I, I don't like to uh, give false hope. Oh, really? Uh, oh, let, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am good at giving false hope. Let, let me read my next email here. Oh, uh, here we go. Here it comes. Lighting and Holbin, mm-hmm. in that order since it's in the show logo. Yep. First question, why do manufacturers put one rear shock ahead of the axle and one behind? My guess is to fight axle wrap on leaf-sprung trucks, but looking for your thoughts. That is uh, exactly why they do that. And there's some uh, passive rear steer handling element, I think, and you might notice that some of the newer trucks are outside the frame rails. That's also for more control of the axle and, and whatnot. Second, when are we going to have Rick Payway on the podcast? Uh, Rick Payway was on the podcast in a house full Where of cats. Where were you, buddy? Full of cats. Uh, he uh, just went cross-country in his flat fender. That might be a fun fun interview to have him on and talk about him and Freiberger uh, going cross-country in the flat fender to, uh, from, I think it was from Arizona to Florida to uh, to Key West. So That's a long trip on a flat fender. It was, uh, yeah, on dirt at 45 miles an hour. Wow. Loved reading his articles in many magazines through the years. Also would like to hear Derek from Vice Grip Garage and Rich from DeBoss Garage. Ask Rich about his Caterpillar-swapped OBS Ford, come and swap Chevy standard cab, and quad-turbo LS-swapped Audi. Finally, Lightning, what can you do for those people who want to purchase some Binks product but don't have social media to slide in your DMs? Man, what is this? Is like all Banks customers? And, and what, what, hold on, what's what's with up with you guys not having Instagram or Facebook? Like what? Anyway, Seriously, it's twenty twenty two, dude. Jay Tillis at BanksPower.com. He just told yeah. you that on the yeah. uh, left first answer. initial last name. Anyway, at this, this is from Brant. He says, uh, as always, five stars, and uh, that's what she said. Congratulations, you have earned five stars. That's what she said. Thank you, Colonel Potter. Good morning, Lightbug and Hornet. I'm writing to you that's just a before. new one. Yeah, Lightbug and Hornet. Uh, anyway, so he's writing to us before he takes off for work. I wanted to talk about the episode where you talked about crab steer on the new Hummer. I work at a lumberyard, and I have a small telehandler that has crab steer. In my experience, crab steer is a pretty fun thing to use. Um, I've used it on multiple pieces of equipment over the years. There are probably satellite images of me just randomly crab steering around our yard for no apparent reason. So you probably get a lot of suggestions for people that should be on your show. I'm just going to throw out two more because I think these would be pretty cool guests to speak with. First off would be the guy or guys from Edison Motors on TikTok. Are you familiar with Edison Motors? I don't have TikTok. Interesting. I, I do. I'm a grown-ass not... man. Yeah. I, well, unfortunately, other grown-ass men now have TikTok. What they're doing with these electric trucks is kind of cool. It would be pretty interesting to hear about their plans for future and their concepts. The other person I think would be really interesting to speak with would be Sergeant Jeep out on Instagram. He wrecks Jeeps in California. I don't know what you're saying there, but I'll, I'll look into Sergeant Jeep. It would be kind of cool to hear about his experiences. Keep the suckage low, and as always, yeah, buddy, and matter those parameters. Lower the suckage! Yeah, buddy! Uh, this one here is from Scott Berry. says, I just caught your February 2020 episode where you wondered about tunes for the 3.5-liter EcoBoost. I've got a 2014 3.5-liter EcoBoost with a 93 PRX tune from More Power Tuning in Florida. With 93 octane, I've picked up a little over 100 horse and 140 pound-feet of torque. 
The transmission shifts hard and quick. The bogged down feeling I used to get when I floored it to pull out in traffic. Had to wait five seconds before it kicked in. Is gone. Input is instantaneous. I love to drive this truck every time I get in it. I bought the 93 PRX race tune as part of a five-tune package, just over 200 bucks. That also included a 93 PRX tune without transmission tweaks. I don't know why you would want to do that. A 93 towing tune, a 93 economy tune, and uh, five a any octane tune in case I can't get not, uh, 93. I was able to get the tune, do some runs, and data log it, and send the data back to them for them to adjust any parameters that needed it. Master parameters! I guess I'm just partial to six-cylinder engines, including my original obsession, a 94YJ I bought in September of 1998. And that's from uh, Scott Berry. And those are carb-legal tunes, right? Okay. Yeah, right. So uh, let's see. Can you imagine? You know, we talked about this before, but um, it's really starting to hit home. Corey Willis, our buddy from PPEI, yep. he's been on a tear. He just had um, he reposted something from John Pulley, who we had on yep. a couple episodes ago from Turn 14, talking about yep. the RPM Act and everything else. And yep. um, it's insane how many of us, you, all of us, there are that have tuned vehicles and they're all illegal? Not true. All right. I, Most are illegal. I have a tuned vehicle that is carb legal. Okay. So do I. But so many <laughs> of us also have tuned vehicles. Listen, we're, I'm, I'm just, I think it's because being in California, we were just enlightened earlier. We've been under the thumb for so long that yeah. that's just the way we have to do it. Just be illegal? No. Being in California, we've had to live with carb-approved tunes and carb-approved performance for so long that a lot of us don't even look for anything illegal because it's almost impossible to get your vehicle smogged now. And now that California is reading your ECU and coding lines and things like that, just don't do it. So what are you saying? I'm saying that I enjoy performance while being legally tuned. Unlike Lightning. I don't know what you're talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is from uh, James Sitka. Hey, guys, I'm writing to get your opinion on a possible new truck purchase for myself. I currently own a 2016 Ram 2500 Laramie with a Cummins. Uh, the truck's got 55,000 miles and was bought new off the lot. The truck is stock as far as performance mods, but has an optional Carly backcountry on 37-inch Toyo MTs. Nice. Good call. Rides great. Are you being sarcastic? I don't know. The one that you have rides not great. Um, let's talk about that later after <laughs> I go visit with Dan at Carly. Mm -hmm. uh, so with uh, current use prices going through the roof, I have an offer of $53,000 with a Ram. We just ordered my wife a 2022 Z71 Tahoe and are waiting to take delivery of it. While on the lot, I saw a ZR2 1500 and fell in Love. That's a nice truck. Pondering on the idea of selling my truck and ordering one. Uh, what are your thoughts? I only tow occasionally, and I don't really need the diesel. But the Ram has been paid for for a couple of years now, and I'd have to finance close to 20K for the new truck. So jumping back into payments is a big old negative, and the warranty just ran out on my Ram. So now I can start playing around with some power mods. Really eyeing the intercooler setup from Banks to start, but I really like your opinion on the new ZR2. What are your thoughts or what to do with future mods with a Ram if I do keep it? Thanks, James. Hmm. Well, Lot to unpack here. Do yes. you want a new truck or you like your old truck? Uh, now that your warranty has uh, expired, it's going to cost you probably twenty grand in mods to mod the Ram. Do you want to rather finance that with your... New Chevy, the ZR2 is pretty badass. I think you heard from our episode a couple ago how uh, how much I liked it. They're two completely different things. Uh, if, no, if I, trailers I, under let's say 
I mean, I think the tow rating is 8,800, 8,500 on the Chevy. If your trailer's 7,500 pounds or less and you only, only tow occasionally, it'll be fine. If you've got a bigger trailer than that, keep the Ram. I think it is tough, but you're not going to spend the 20. I think you all in, like everything you can throw at the Ram, you're going to be in for under nine, I think. Well, yeah, but what about suspension? If he's talking about a ZR2. But he's, but he's got a Carly already on there, on the Ram. How much do you love your Ram? Yeah, good point. Do you love the Chevy more than you love your Ram, or are you on the fence because you like him equally? If you like him equally, the truck you have paid off in your driveway is better than the truck that you have to go out and get. That's true. I second that. All right, got this one here from uh, Sammy Mack. Says, uh, greetings, Lightning and Holman. I'll just cut to the chase. I do not like what I'm seeing from some of the trucks these days concerning their overall proportions and the axle-to-bed placement ratio. I can't recall this really bothering me before, but when the Jeep Gladiator debut, I couldn't shake the feeling that something just didn't look right. When I saw the Jeep J6 pick up at Easter uh, Jeep Safari, it clicked. Why do the design engineering teams think the rear axle needs to be so far forward in proportion to the bed space? There's no balance, and the bed looks cantilevered way out too far to the back. On the flip side, as I look at heavy-duty trucks, their axle-to-bed ratio is usually right on, but their tire wheels are so small it just looks goofy, especially with the growing grills and high hood lines we see today. To summarize my thoughts, I've attached a chart containing my objective analysis. I've ranked pickups based on their overall proportions, taking into account the axle-to-bed ratio and tire wheel package. Trucks in the lower left quadrant have bad proportions and small tires, while trucks (laughs) in the upper right quadrant are balanced and have proper tires. Let me know what you guys think. Does this not bother anyone else? The new Ranger has me shaking my head. And uh, he did. He included a chart. Let me, oh my God. Let me see that. Nope. Let me hold just on. see the chart well, for a on, second. Let me explain so that. this guy did more. This is like so, a college thesis he created over here. So listen, here. there's a vertical axis, an yep. X axis, and a, a horizontal Y axis. And right in the middle is a Ram Rebel, like being the the right like middle oh, of the, the path. The perfect proportions? No, the best overall is the upper right quadrant, which he has things that don't exist. This like, feels like a Venn diagram. Like a the, the J6 pickup truck from Easter Jeep Safari, which is awesome. A single cab Raptor, which isn't real. He has the uh, Chevy, looks like a Silverado ZR2. He has a TRX is up there, and a Rivian, which all have pretty short over, uh, overhangs on the back. Then he has the worst overall treading to the back, and he has a Gladiator, which looks like a maybe a Sahara model, a Hyundai Santa Fe or Santa Cruz, sorry, pickup truck. And then over off to the back, it's things like Ridgeline and stuff like that, Tesla Cybertruck. Um, here's what I'm going to say is, and I'll, I'll hand this to you lightning in a second, but I need to look at it for a moment. Typically the axle to bed ratio. Or is, is it axle to cab ratio? No, he's talking axle about, to bed. I know, but axle to the back of the bed. Oh, to the back. Thank you. The, the reason for that is they have to package with, let's say leaf spring trucks. Leaf sprung trucks can have the axle closer rearward because the leaf springs, which control the axles, are on the outsides, and you can fit a spare tire closer to the axle. On coil sprung trucks, you have more of an overhang. So on a Gladiator, for example, you have the overhang in the back. Tim Mark Allen was talking earlier. He has to package a track bar back there and Mm -hmm. a spare tire and a bumper. So that's going to have a longer overhang, and it depends on what size. So the Jeeps can fit a 35-inch tire, so it needs more space to fit a 35 whereas some of the other trucks don't have tires that big, so they don't need that much space for a spare. It's, and when you're talking about tire size on the big trucks, you have to remember that tire sizes are only as good as what's on the market. So you need a, a E or F-rated tire 
that has 10 plies or whatever for all the towing and heavy duty, well, those aren't necessarily going to come in a 35, 37-inch tire. Right. Plus, you got to manage uh, thermal loads and axles and all that. So they're typically going to have a smaller tire with a shorter sidewall, usually under 32 and a half inches or so. Now, the aftermarket has some things. I think Nitto has an F-rated tire, and there's some other companies that have that. But that's not realistic for a manufacturer. So, Lightning, I'll hand you this chart. Do you have anything else to add to that? He's just bitching and moaning, which I think is cool and funny, but like... If he's going to buy one, what's he going to buy? You know, he doesn't say he's going to buy one. He's just uh, mad that he's just mad that today's purport. No, I think it's I think it's valid. I think it's he's thinking the designers are doing this and what the hell or you know isn't anybody looking at this? But the well, reality is, is you can sketch something on a napkin that looks perfect, but when you get into the realities of crash zones, crush zones, uh, packaging suspension, packaging spare tires and a fuel tank and all that stuff, you still have physical space in the which is why production vehicles don't look like the concept vehicles. Concept vehicles are fanciful. They don't have to include all those things. A production vehicle has to, which is why you see proportions often change. It's weird when you look at a, uh, a stock. He's got the, uh, a stock Gladiator. We've to got me- two of them. Look at the Rubicon version to the right, which looks way better on 30 Way better, way better. The uh, the one on the worst overall, it says worst overall on his uh, yeah, the the bottom sa- is the left. the Sahara stock The Gladiator. Sahara. Why does, this, why does it look like a top hat to me? That truck um, looks like a top hat. Maybe it's a top hat. It's <laughs> small tires. It's I'm the, not uh, going to buy a top that hat. It might be a sport, actually. Yeah. I think when you put really big tires, we've got a- Gladiators um, on 37s are perfect. So we have a Gladiator in right now on 42s. 42s are big. Uh, 40s, 40s are bad. Yeah. 42s are- that's, that's These are- And these are like balloon tires. Those they're like 29s like, These are like Mickey Thompson big. Massive, massive. Yeah. But it looks cool. I got to say, it looks really- It looks rad. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of trucks on this. Uh, his, his little- I mean, congrats Diagram. on the homework assignment. That's pretty solid. This is pretty cool. And I have to say, I'm looking at the TRX. And this has got some good proportions. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. All right, well done. All right. Thanks for putting in the work. One last email from uh, our friend Jordan Scott here at Motor Trend. He says, uh, sup, hubs and jubes. Listeners, can we Sub, work? hub, and jubes? Yep. Sup, hubs and jubes. Oh, hubs and jubes. Um, and he says in parentheses, listeners, can we work on adopting a cohesive set of nicknames for these guys? <laughs> no <laughs> way. It's fun this way. He says, I have- Sups, uh, hubs and jubes. He says, uh, I have much more respect for what you uh, two do. Jay even edited a solid minute out of Jordan's Truck Inception Show, Jordan Podcast, call from LST, and I'm still embarrassed. Kudos to Mr. Mulbauer, though. He's definitely the holman of our phone call. Ding me, Sean. Uh, I blame the weather. My Southern California pompousness was showing hard that weekend, and the cold interrupted normal cognitive function. You almost had me sold on the Gizzalent truck care products. (laughs) I I would have been happy to be one of your first customers. Then Sean ejaculated all those bleeps. Guess he had a lot of people telling him they don't want to go camping. Ha ha, gross. Uh, uh, going back to eating your meat. And uh, anyway, lightning, don't tune out. <laughs> oh, he's so. <laughs> oh, just as you're tuning out. Amazing. Like, he listens yep. to the show. Yep. That was awesome. Anyway, lightning, don't tune out yet. You guys need to talk more about mountain biking. Sean, where, what are your favorite trails? How accessible are your trails? <laughs> yeah, you hurt yourself on Moab. Do you need a trail-capable rig to get there? Could a guy at Stock Crown Vic find them? Would Onyx subscription be useful for an avid mountain biker or gravel biker? Uh, sure, yes, I'll, I'll, yes to all that. Uh, I grew up BMXing and dabbled in mountain bikes over the years. I'm familiar with a couple of trail centers in SoCal, but it sounds like Sean knows where all the good ones are. I just perfected my budget hardcore hardtail, a 2020 Haro Double Peak 27.5 cross-country bike. Sounds like he's humble bragging there. I've added more gravity capability, too, despite the supply chain shortages, which hit the bike market hard and early. 
I think there are a lot of writers out there like me who would love to hear about Sean's adventures in mountain biking and appreciate more inclusion of stuff you need a truck to do but don't necessarily do in a truck in the podcast. No complaints, though. You know, I love you guys. Make sure you're monitoring those parameters. Got to Got to keep the suckage at optimum levels of high, <laughs> which is pretty much every show. Hold on. I'm going yeah. back to eating your meat. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, that's so one-sided. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny. Anyway. That's your thing. It is, uh, All right. Well, lower the suckage! I can't. This show is... Uh, it's off the Richter scale of suckage. The suckage is real. The suckage definitely is real. Uh, but we do enjoy getting your email, so send us one, please. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. Do you want to hit us up on the socials or slide into uh, Lightning's DMs? You can slide on in. Find him at, uh, at LBC Lighting. I'm at Sean P. Holman. We're at truck show podcast and we'd love to hear from you 657-205-6105 that is the five star hotline and we are begging for more people to give us a call because we're so lonely on the phone calls i don't want to say begging now we're so desperate now no, we're, so like a, we're the I dude that can't get a date i beg of you no. leave us your voice no it would be yes. better psychology is man there are so many calls pending right now if you don't call now it's gonna be full like, uh-huh. we, are, we are so on fire right now. We are in fleek. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Not, you know what? Please call 657-205-6105 to complain about what Lightning just said. <laughs> no, please they, he, he, I'm sure he's made some gaffe during the show that's angered you. Uh, don't. Why write an angrily worded email when you can yell on the phone? Why do you want them to turn their scorn on me? Because I can't be the only one. It's too. It takes too much of my time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and by the way, we would really appreciate a five star review, and for you to write some some funny words with it, please. Um, like go to a- Apple Podcast or Spotify, and it would help us. You know what I mean? It's it's some of it's automated, and they look at the algorithm, they go, "Oh, look, a new inter- a new uh, five star rating," and it uh, pops us up a little bit for more people to see. And we we need the growth. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> the suckage continues. Uh, it's uh, all time high. That's what she said. All right, well, uh, among the things that don't suck as hard as we do are the <laughs> awesome pickup trucks at Nissan. Ooh, true that. Head over to uh, NissanUSA.com where you can build and price your Nissan Titan or Nissan Titan XD. Get the uh, industry's best warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles, or check out the hot-selling Nissan Frontier. I'm telling you, we're going to have Jared on the show because I want him to give us his review of driving the Frontier like 2,000 miles. You're saying it as if I said no. No, I'm, 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 reminding, I'm reminding us. I'm, I'm holding us accountable okay. for having a Frontier review from a third-party person because otherwise we will okay. forget. Okay, here's so I'm a putting pen. it on the here's show. Here's a pen. Write it down. It's right. written down. Okay, got it's it. written down. It's All on the right. show. Shoot. All right, so if you want a truck that's dependable, reliable, and uh, looks damn good, go see how a Nissan fits in your driveway. And, and if you remember, some old lady came out with a shotgun. That's the other uh, part of the story. Well, we had you taped into the car. There's an old lady living near where Dana was standing, and apparently Dana had gone out in the cactus or, or the weeds here and urinated or something. Though Something pissed her off, and she comes out of the house... We had taped the top of the window so it wouldn't blow out on both sides. So Chubba is sealed into the car, and she comes out holding her shotgun against the glass and yelling at you. That is a quick clip of Gail Banks talking about his adventures in the Mojave Desert. Sounded like a quick clip of uh, 
Gail talking about Chubba Chubba peeing in a bush <laughs> with a shotgun <laughs> under duress or something. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's when they like set the, uh, the, the the record for the fastest production car back in the 80s, and that is just a uh, an excerpt of Speed School podcast with Gail Banks, which you can find uh, wherever you found this podcast, the Truck Show podcast. Or on BakesPower.com. All right, Holman, this is a, uh, a bonus. One of our mutual friends did this. Tell me what you think. Some people want to go off-road So they better have that four-wheel mode Others need to carry a load Or something else that's got to be told We don't care if you drive a heat We don't care if it's a brand new Jeep We put the G in the GMC Aw shucks, let's talk trucks What do you think? Is that our new uh, theme song? Who did that? Our friend Alan Goldman Well that's pretty solid Do we have the rights to use that? Yep, it was written for us Oh very nice, love Alan Goldman Is he going to perform it live for us? I bet he would. At the G-Spot? I bet he would. I love that. That's that's his, that's that's his club. That's not actually a thing. It's a club. Yeah. G-Spot. That's his club. Where right. he ha- is a music club. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It's good. Glad I could play it for you. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. (coughs) Ah!